My next guest is a husband, a father, the author of three books, and a financial planner here in Norfolk, Nebraska. Adam, thanks for making the time to be here today. Yeah, thank you guys for having me. Looking forward to it. No problem. Uh, I'm Zach Miller with my co-host Vance Neidig. Glad to be here. Glad to have a good conversation with you. And we are touching base with Adam Olson today. So Adam, again, thanks. for. I know we've been talking about it for a couple weeks and finally got some time. Yeah, finally got it down. That's great. Uh, so early life for you, I, I guess I, I don't remember for sure where you're originally from. Atkinson. So I grew up in Atkinson. That's okay. That's what I thought. Not too far away. Yeah. So you went to high school there and everything? Yep. I went to, grew up in high school, lived in Atkinson, Good. college at in Iowa at Northwestern. Northwestern. Norfolk ever since. In in Atkinson or outside of Atkinson? Ranch life or yeah, well, city life? I grew up town working life. on a farm, so my dad's okay. a farmer. Yep. But we grew up like a mile outside of town. Gotcha. Pretty much in town, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I, I grew up in Battle Creek, but a mile outside of Battle Creek, but... I consider we were on a farm. We obviously raised cattle and everything. So, uh, but yeah, just you're in town. You can ride your bicycle to town, so it counts. Yep. Did you play sports in high school? Yeah, yeah. So I did. Uh, I would say I was mainly focused on basketball. Tried cross country more or less to stay in shape, and then track too. You're pretty good at basketball. Did you? You didn't go to? Did you go to college for basketball? I played a few years in college. Yeah, but you know how it is in a small town growing up. I mean, you you're the play best. Everything. Yeah. yeah. I mean. Well. You were, you, were, best, you were pretty good. They're still pretty good, however you want to call it. I try. I try to get up and down. Yeah. Did you go on to college on a scholarship? Did you go for something specific? <sighs> Dude, I, college was a flip of a coin for me. I mean, I really didn't know what I wanted to do while I was there. And thank goodness I fell into what I fell into. But, yeah, had a little academic scholarship, a little athletic scholarship, and that's how I ended up there. That's great. Uh, did you, I guess... What made you choose that college, I guess? Well, one was I wanted to play basketball in college. Yep. Like, you know, when you're young, for some reason, then still I thought, like, that was all I cared about was basketball. Well, we all thought we were going to make the NBA. Yeah, right? I mean, that's <laughs> yeah. still in college. That's probably in the back of my mind. Like, this is all I'm going to do for my whole life is play basketball. <laughs> but that was one of the major reasons I went there was because I got recruited to play basketball there. It's one of the few schools that I got offered a scholarship from, and then my brother went there as well. So oh, my, really? my brother was already Your in school there. When older I there. brother? Yeah. Yeah, so he was two years older than me. Okay. How many siblings do you have? Just Older brother, younger sister. Oh, okay. I guess yep. I didn't. I never knew that. Yep. That's awesome. So you, did you guys, how old, how much older? He was two years older than me. So did you so get to play with him then? We played together in high school, and then kind of the same as me, he played a couple years in college too. Okay. So like, it was in NEI school. I guess it's pretty common for guys to play a couple years of JV, Yep. and then it's kind of like, have other things to do with my life you kind of figure that yeah. out and then you move on from there right. i kind of cool. realize that it's not going to yeah. keep going so it's like oh why waste my time doing this probably not going to pay the bills for the rest <laughs> of my life so got to figure something else yeah. out so when did you meet katie then so we met actually she grew up in o'neill like 20 minutes from atkinson okay you know, it's not that far but right. we didn't meet until we were in college oh so we kind of met through one of my mutual friends tyler and then we started dating right when she got out of high school she was in college and you had to move four hours away to meet? I guess. That's the way it works. <laughs> that's Who knows? crazy. Yeah. She's Small younger, world, though. She's oh, younger, okay. though. So she gotcha. would have been uh, she would have been a freshman when I was a senior. So oh, yeah, that's a little, bit, that's a little bit different. To, yeah. yeah. Four four years is not a big deal when we're our age, but, you know, when you're in high school, it's that's a big difference. Yeah, really big difference. <laughs> yeah. So you guys, okay, so you met college, and then what brought you to Norfolk? Well, I so I graduated college in eleven. Right. And when I graduated college, I really didn't know what I wanted to do. 
I really didn't know what direction I wanted to go. So my senior year of college, I did two internships and then I farmed with my dad. So kind of, I would say kind of my fail safe plan was go back and farm with my dad. And he had a galvanizing plant and a manufacturing plant at the time. You know, I would have had a fine opportunity going back home. Right. But I was looking back now, I would say, fortunately, the first year I farmed with my dad, I lost $10,000. So we were, I was buying futures, right, I had my yeah. quarter that I farmed, and I get to the end of the year at tax time, and it's like, you lost ten grand. And I was like, this is the dumbest thing in the world. I was like, <laughs> I spent a whole year doing this, right? and I lost money. And, you know, the, a farmer's mentality is like, oh, some good years, some bad years. And I was like, that is not for me. Right. So I scratched that. Then I had an internship at a hospital, like an HR internship, and then an internship with Primerica, an insurance company. And I really took to the insurance company. I really liked that one. I liked the sales aspect of it. You know, you eat what you kill kind of thing. Interviewed with Mutual here in Norfolk and got offered a job there. That's awesome. And you've been you've been there ever since, right? Yeah. Yeah. Ever since. Yep. So kind of we'll, we'll get into a little bit more of that in a minute. Mm-hmm. I know you're, you're kind of a big outdoorsman. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, Love... You know, things kind of slow down with kids a little bit, but yeah, yeah. if I could hunt and fish every weekend, that'd be ideal, but it's kind of few and far between now with little kids in the house. I was going to say, are you going to be, because they're how old now? So my oldest is six. I would say he's probably, before I can like take him and he can like go and do stuff, Yeah, I'd say he's probably another two years before hunt. I mean, I take him like ice fishing for a right. couple hours and he does fine with that. Boat fishing, he does okay with that. He's deer. not. He's not on the like. Let's sit and wait for a deer type of thing no, yet. Not even. No. I know I can't shoot yet, but it, patience. Like, I know some of them. Are- I tried taking my middle one deer hunting this year, and it was a nightmare. <laughs> like I don't think there was a deer within five miles of us. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I'm that way. I I despise. I I have a hard time with hunting and fishing because I'm a patience guy. I just can't do mm-hmm. the patience. To me, is just I. My brain just goes crazy. Yeah. No, I get it. I mean, it's boring, but. Like the thing about ice fishing is cool is you can be sitting with a couple of buddies yep. just in a tent hanging yep. out, you know. Um, I like to goose hunt too. I like to duck hunt. That's really fun. Cause and that's usually, more of a group thing too, yeah, isn't it? Like usually yep. it's my brother and my dad. Maybe somebody else goes with us. But yeah, it's just nice to be outside and yeah. shooting something's always fun too. Do you have a main spot where you kind of go to do all that? It's kind of all over the place. So my dad and my brothers, my brother, I would say anywhere around Atkinson, kind of like Butte. Yep. We go up in there. Yeah. Awesome. Have you done any like big travels like up to Canada or I ne- Montana? And I don't really have a desire to do that either. No. I'd, uh, I would much rather, like my dream would be to have some property of my own right. that I can like manage how I want and like close to where I live. So it's not like a huge trek to get there. Yeah. It's not a two day deal to get to your property and hunt. You know, yeah. that that's more of my dream is having something of my own that I can manage. Not getting dropped off on an Alaskan island no. with a couple bears and some moose and just see what happens. Not my cup of tea. <laughs> no. Not my cup of tea. <laughs> you know, the other thing, too, is I really like work. Right. You know, and, I mean, we yeah, we take vacations, Katie and I do, but, I mean, like, you can only do so much of that. I really like my schedule. You know, I, I love what I do. And right. It's, that's why I want to have something close where I could take half a day here or there or just on a Saturday or something and do that kind of deal. Yep. You, and I, you and I have kind of a good career that we are in. We can kind of come and go when we please. And oh, heck yeah. It's a very flexible yeah. schedule. We're kind of making our own deal. Dude, and with technology, what can't you do Right from wherever you are anymore? It's wild. Right. Agreed. Um, 
I know you're very focused on like health and fitness. Yeah. Um, where did that discipline come from? Have you, has it always been that way? Have you always been in really good shape? Yeah. So I always, I always enjoyed it. Like I grew up when I grew up, I was a super heavy kid when I was young. Okay. So like, I would say probably when I was in, I really didn't grow out of my baby fat, whatever you want to call it, probably until like the seventh grade. So I was a pretty, pretty heavy kid. And, you know, I don't know if that's stuck with me since then. You know, if, you know what I mean? Yeah, you didn't want to go back, didn't to, want that? To, go back to that. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I don't, I don't know if that's it. But, dude, if I don't work out like something every day, I am just not a good person. So I, I like, have to do something every day. Like you have yeah. to like get your like frustrations out type of thing. Yeah, just, just like just mentally, I think I if as long as my getting, body's moving, I'm doing something. I feel really good. You those know, endorphins and, start yeah. hitting a little bit more. Yeah, and so I've, I don't know if I, I've always enjoyed working out. Whether it's lifting, yep. I don't play basketball anymore after last year messing up my knee for the third time. I, I hung it up. <laughs> you decided that's enough, huh? Yeah. yeah that well, was you made it longer than I did, so. <laughs> I had to hang it up in like 2015. I tore my ACL and or my uh, Achilles and couldn't play anymore. I just couldn't do it again. Yeah, you know, and you, I, I thought I'd miss it a lot more, but I don't. Yeah, I miss the I miss the camaraderie and the competition, yeah. but I don't miss the getting bodied by you. Well, sorry, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. No, I'm kidding. The, uh, uh, yeah. No, I, I there's a few. I'd say that usually we have a group of anywhere from like four to eight, ten guys that we do group fitness stuff Mondays and Thursdays at the Y. So we kind I kind of have that now. Well, you, know? so you still kind of have the same type of thing, just yeah. not as crazy. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's not, we're not competing, but. So what do you guys do, like you saying group fitness? What kind of. Like circuit stuff. Yeah. You know, I would say it's like sled pushes in the summertime outside, tire hits, that kind of stuff. You do <laughs> a lot at home, though, too, right? Yeah, so we, when we just, we were talking before we hopped on here, we just moved here three, four months ago, something like that, I put a home gym in. I mean, it's nothing crazy. I just right. got you know dumbbells up to 90, pull-up, bench, kind of everything you need, though. And I started doing it from home in the mornings, and I really like it. Makes it a lot better, you know, having to, like, rush somewhere. and Yeah, and or if of, the kids wake up early, right. you know, they'll come out in the garage and hang out, um, you know, so they're not waking my wife up early. Right. But, you know, I still go Tuesdays, Mondays and Thursdays to the Y. But, yeah, I got a nice little setup at home that I've really enjoyed. And you got the big tire. Yep. Do the sledgehammer. I saw yep. you that day. I was yep. I was out there. We were, my parents were looking at the house across the street with the pool and all that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that's where you used to live, was that? Or is that where you live now? That's where we live now. That's yeah, we, live we now, lived so. across, just across the street. Okay. Yeah. So the tire, you were out there just killing yep. it. I just, yeah. It's cool. To, where'd you get the tire from? Just an old farm tire. Really? Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Look at you having fun. Your your son was out there trying to do stuff with you. Yeah, I try to give him a mini sledge. They get a bat, plastic bat, <laughs> yeah, and they with. Bat. Yeah, I don't know. I that's the other thing too about having the home gym. You know, I don't think it's a bad thing if the kids see. No, it's that, a good you know, influence. Hey, yeah, it's it's a good thing to get up and work out in the morning. Mm -hmm. you it's know? a good role model. Yeah. Uh, I we got a home gym at our house, and yeah, it's that's more of a mental era thing for me. I just can't. I walk by the thing thirty times a day and. Yeah. I just don't go in there. I don't find the t I, time to do it. It's just one of those things. The time I have the time, I just don't force myself in there and do it. You know, but it's one of those deals you do it for. <clears throat> I don't know how many days it takes, but you get that. It's just the way that it is. habit. Yeah. yeah. Like I don't feel I feel wrong if I wake up and yep. don't do something. Feel like you cheated yourself probably yep. a little bit. Yep. Yep. Do you stick to like a certain diet at all? 
Like a diet plan or like certain um, foods? Like is there certain foods you stay away from? I would say I just try to eat clean. I, I just try to eat a clean diet. Like I'm not a big fast food guy, not a big sweet guy. I just try to eat clean. Do you go for no. like a go-to for like a sweet tooth if you ever do have a... Not really. No? You not just really. don't? You just bore I mean, I eat one? sweets. I mean, yeah. don't get me wrong. Yeah, yeah. I, I eat sweets all the time, but... Not nothing like I oh I gotta have this ice cream really? or something like that yeah that's good that's one of my downfalls is sweet tooth yeah sweet tooth so I try to find little things that will that yeah. are more healthy that kind of keep the yeah. keep it away yeah I find mm-hmm. mine with convenience yeah, convenience more, is convenience is my killer like I'll just try to find something that's Grab fast something. and easy yeah it's just so much easier uh, coming out coming I worked till ten o'clock or something say and then I got to get up at four or five in the morning the next morning like. I have no desire to cook yep. something healthy. I just, I'm just going to grab something, go home, go to bed, which is unhealthy probably. You know, you're not yeah. digesting anything. It's like, but it's just one of those things you just get, again, you just got to force yourself to do it. And I have, that's my biggest downfall of anything is just convenience of eating food. I would say though, I'm pretty, I think my metabolism is pretty <clears throat> fast to be real honest with you. Yeah. So like when I hurt my knee, I started, I've never really tracked calories before and I started tracking calories on, uh, I can't remember the app, My Fitness Pal or something yeah, yeah, like yeah. something like that, something yep. like that where you type in your food and everything. Yep. And I think it was like for what I was at, like the average calories was like three thousand or something like that is what you should have. And I started tracking mine for a while, and I was averaging like five thousand plus calories. I was a gonna day. say you're probably at like I mean, six like to seven, way yeah. way over that. And so you know maybe I'm just lucky with a fast metabolism. Well, and too. you work out a lot too. You got to feed. Yeah. You got to feed the body for recovery. Otherwise, you wouldn't be yeah. able to do your yeah. workouts every yeah. day. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. So I mean, yeah, we just had Sam on Sam at the Sam Moore at the Y, and he was telling us about the type of stuff he eats just to keep his building. It's like, yeah, he's a big dude. Oh, he's yeah, a big man. How did man. he do it at the meet? He was just at. He was second in he his got weight second class. overall. That's awesome. That was the world's meet. Um, he broke three state records for Nebraska for Nebraska yeah. while he was there. Jeez. Yeah, he did. Uh, what was it six? He did sixteen hundred fifty-eight pounds. pounds total. Bench squat, deadlift. Yep. And wow. then the guy <clears throat> above him was at like two thousand, and we're like, oh, that's a, that's a big holy cow. It's a big gap. Second and first was that big of a gap, and I'm like, hey, that other guy was probably juicing a little bit. Sixteen hundred pounds and weighed two forty. Like that's just that's insane awesome. to me. Yeah. That's awesome. So he a did lot well. of weight. He was he was a uh, that was that was fun to do that one. A lot of, and a lot of people don't know that you know. That's why we're kind of yeah. doing this podcast to kind of get people in town to kind of know the that person awesome. we're bringing on. Yep. That is yeah. awesome. Yeah, I, I saw something in the paper, just a, a quick headline about it, but I never, mm-hmm. I never dug into it, see how he did. Yeah, I, I never even saw. I never even knew he was there until we had that conversation with him. Yep. Yeah. So, going back to the diet, I know you you've kind of sworn off alcohol a little bit. Yeah. Can you explain mm-hmm. a little bit about that and the, and the why behind that? I mean, I'll still drink from time to time. You know, don't get me wrong about that, but. I don't know. I feel like when I had my kids, mm-hmm. I mean, and I, you know, maybe it was a little bit before that too, but every time I would drink, I would make not like horrible decisions, right, but, but like I would eat, maybe I'd eat bad food, you know, right. maybe, I'd st- maybe I'd stay up too late and then it'd, it'd stay with me for kind of like a, a domino day effect or two days. Yeah. I feel you there. You know, it's not like in college where I could go out and the next Bounce day. Back shoot on my 21st birthday basketball practice the next morning and yep. you're fine. You know what I mean? And then your kids are up. Yeah. They, they didn't go out drinking. That's so exactly they're right. They're up right, there, right bright and early and ready for you. Yeah. I mean, I what you're shoot, doing. nothing wrong with drinking. You know, I'll have, I'll drink from time to time, mm-hmm. but it's just, I've, I've kind of found that few and far between is better for me. Yep. I, I commend you for that though. It takes, I mean, 
I don't try to drink too much, but we sit here and have a few beers when yeah, we're doing yeah, the yeah. podcast. And, yeah. Um, we enjoy it from time to time, but I do commend you for, for taking that leap. and. Yeah, and, you know, I mean, with work stuff, you know, a lot of, I don't know if I want to say it's it's weird if you don't, but, like, a lot of social stuff has to have alcohol at it. It's a customary thing in a sales yeah. environment or I don't, a meeting I don't always like that about it's supposed to be it's that different. way. in our, Especially in our field, you go out for drinks. Yeah. Like that's what you get asked. So yeah. I, I've been trying to start to, like, hey, let's go for coffee. Let's go get yep. lunch. Like, yep, yep, something different. Yeah. Yeah, no, every time... You want something to drink? No. I'm like, you all right? I'm like, yeah, I'm all right. I just, it's I okay. I just don't, I just don't want it. I just don't want anything to drink. I, I used to be that guy about five years ago. What do you mean you don't want something to drink? And I, I really changed. I've changed my mindset on, on a lot of that because I feel it too because I, I turn down stuff all the time. Yeah. And like, oh, I don't know, I'm good. Like, if, especially if we're talking about anything important or I don't want to yeah. be clouded. Yeah, yeah. You know? No, 100%. Yeah, I just, I would say few and far between. It probably helps your health too. I mean, you probably... Can stay I, just in some feel better. Good shape. I just feel better when I don't. Yeah. Yeah. I just feel better. Better workouts too, probably. Yeah. Yeah. That is for sure. Um, so going back to the financial planning, getting into your career. Yeah. When did you know that that was your like path you were for sure going to do? I know you got the job here in town, but when did you know yep. that it was like, I want to do this forever? It was honestly probably about three years in to be real honest with you. Cause it's, it's a tough, uh, Oh dude, it sucks. I mean, you're first getting started. I tell young people all the time, you know, there's a lot of new agents that come in the business and, you know, they reach out to somebody for advice or, you know, you just talk to them, see them at events or they reach out to you wanting to chat. Shoot, my first year I made $22,000. Gross. Right. You're self-employed. Right. Like that was my gross income the first year. And, you know, luckily I kind of did okay. That was enough for me as a single guy right out of college. I was okay doing that. Yep. But then my third year is really when it took off and, you know, a light kind of switched. I was like, okay. There's like, something here. Yeah, I can do this. That's what a lot of people don't realize when it comes to um, anything in the insurance field, whether it's financial planning, life insurance, you know, PNC insurance. Those first few years are like the first year I was in it, I barely made anything. Mm -hmm. Like you're putting it into the business, you're putting it you know, marketing and things mm -hmm. like that. It, uh, it's a, it's a definitely a tough stretch. So I'm, it's awesome. You stuck through it. Yeah. And it wasn't easy, mm -mm. you know, and especially when you could go out and get a job, you know, shoot working at a bank and office job and you would have made way more than, right. way more than that the first couple of years. Um, but there you're collecting a paycheck as opposed to earning your own money. It's kind yeah. of a concept. Mm -hmm. Like I've heard a lot of people talk about like, don't get paid. Don't take a paycheck. Uh, make your own money, which is kind of the same thing. But, like, once somebody pays you, they're paying you for your time, not for anything else, not what you can really bring them in a way. Like, 100%. But I've also <clears throat> noted with in your competitive guy, so being as we're all competitive people, and we've had more of that on the podcast too, where you wanted to probably create your own path, your own business. You yep. wanted to grow your own thing instead mm -hmm. of being in, a, in a, an environment where it was like, oh, I'm just going to work here. I'm going to do their stuff. and Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say I have a problem with authority, but... Like, <laughs> I, I'm right there with you. I, I just kind of like to do my own thing. Yeah. Like, even when I look back at, like, coaches and how I would interact with them, you know, I would say I probably wasn't the best team player a lot of the times. And, you know, this this career, you know, when I first got started, at least it was all on your shoulders. And that was something that I liked. Yeah. You know, that I didn't have to rely on you, you or you, 
to do something, it was all on me. If I fail, I fail. If yeah. I win, I win. Yeah, that's that's yeah. something I kind of like too. Um, but then you know, as things have developed, we've learned a lot in our business, and you know, in order to make things big enough, in order to accomplish the goals that we have, it take it does take a team. Like it's at some point, if your goals get big enough, it like they should, it's gonna take a lot more yeah. than just you to make things happen. Oh, for sure. That's the same thing here. I couldn't do what I do without staff. Yeah. Yeah. Doing 100%. the everyday service work and, yep. you know, when we're out there trying to help the customers. Yeah. It, there's got to be somebody back there doing the yep. the day-to-day stuff. You yep. Know? And it's not like, you know, it's not like we don't have, like I don't have, shoot, I have thousands of bosses. I mean, all of my clients, I answer to them. Right. You know, if I don't do a good job, they're going to fire me. Exactly. You know, so you do have to answer to people. But, yeah, I would say about three years in is when I kind of hit my stride. And then we formed our partnership uh, shortly after that as well. So that's kind of when things started turning the corner and it turned more into a, a business rather than just a salesman. Or a job. Yeah. Yeah. Business. Yeah, I would say it that way. That's good. Did you have any hurdles that you faced in the pursuit to get your licenses, your designations? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I... It's probably been, I think, two years ago I got my CFP, which is Certified Financial Planner. Not yep. easy, right? It was hard. And I had previously started that four, four years before that I had tried. And so four years before that I tried starting that course and I started to like in the taxes part or something, the first one, horrible. Like was failing all the practice exams and I just threw it in. I was like, forget it. Yep. You know, I don't need this. But then... Two years later, it kept nagging at me, kind of like the podcast deal you were talking about. Yeah, It was nagging at me, nagging at me, nagging at me. And it's like, it's not that hard. Like, study for it, figure it out, get it done. Mm-hmm. And then finally, like two years after I originally failed, I started back into it, took it a lot more seriously, and finally passed the thing. For the listeners out there, can you walk through going from bottom to no licenses at all, what it took, how many tests, how many things it took you to get to that last final test? Yeah, so a lot of people don't know that I I know, but a yeah. lot of there's a lot of people that don't know. Yeah, it's uh I would say easier said than done for a lot of people. So, like when you first get started, when I first got started, you have to take a six and sixty three to do basic mutual funds, then you have to take a series sixty five to actually manage money, and then I've also got my series seven, so we can do individual stocks as well, and then I moved on to some designations, and the designations I would say. They're not necessary to do your job, but it's it's very, very beneficial for me as an advisor because I have a larger knowledge base so I can help my clients. Right, right? and it looks good after your name. Yeah, and it looks good after <laughs> your name. So I've done a few of those, and the toughest one by far was the CFP exam, right. which is it's it's pretty an, an intense process, I guess I'll say it that way. For sure. So I have my 6 and 63. So nice. That's just... Because I have I've got the PNC side, the life side, all that yep. other stuff. Yeah. So I haven't had that, but my my goal is to at least get the seven at some point. Yeah, that but one was a bear too. I'm sure um, it was a bear just to do the six. Like I commend yeah. you for as far as you've gotten, because just doing the six and sixty three was enough for me to be like, okay, I need to hold off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> let me let me sit with this one for a minute. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know this this side of it, and a lot of listeners might not either. So. Uh, like you had a hard time at four years or four years ago, you had a hard time, two years, it got easier. Uh, do you think part of that is to, uh, 
kind of just experience in the in the field, even though you don't have it, you you're around it, so you see it a lot more. It's understandable a little more. 100%. You pick up a lot more of that stuff, kind of like where he did the six and sixty three, and then. I mean, he's just spending more and more time, so eventually he's going to be. Well, this I think this is going to be easy to go to this seven level, and it's going to be easier to go to this level. Hundred percent. Yeah. The more you're in it, the more you have a base knowledge of it. Yep. You know, the more you're dealing with it day in and day out, and that does help with the base knowledge. Just to, the nuance type stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are you a study guy? Are you good at studying and like regurgitating like that, or are you more of like um, a I need to do it, be in it. I would say I'm a hands-on learner. Right, yeah. I would say it that way. I'm the same way. So studying for those tests has been the worst. Like I, I hate yeah. studying for any kind of test. I like I need to be in it. So somebody needs to show me visually how it kind of gets put together. Yeah. Otherwise, I ain't gonna. Yeah, I just uh, I just read a book and there's like a personality quiz you go that you take with it, and my personality was it was called a cheetah. He like has animals that he puts with it. And it was like you have to have a fast pace and you're like if you start something, it has to be finished. And so like to go along with that, it was talking about like reading and reading comprehension and speeding up your reading pace. And the gist of it was like it's kind of like a 20 minute on and like that's that should be it. Like so, so for me and what I do, if I want to comprehend something and stick with it, do it for 20 minutes, review back what I read and then teach it to somebody too. That's a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great idea, actually, because so, I learn a lot by teaching, too. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt No, you. that's fine. Go ahead. Um, I, would, I was just picking up on the reading, high reading comprehension. You said your high reading comp- comprehension and read fast is what you're saying. Yeah, that's, it was like on speed reading, yeah, more or less. That's kind of where I am. I don't. I don't go back and reread it, and then I'm a terrible teacher, and I've, I've admitted that to everybody. I, like, I can learn something really well, be really high at it, uh, whatever it is, I don't, I, I hate failure, whatever I'm going to try to learn. I'm going to try to be, do the best I can. And then I have a really hard time training or teaching because I don't have the, again, we go back to that patience thing. Mm-hmm. I do that one time, two times, the third time I tell you it in my brain, I don't comprehend. I'm like, I learned this the first time. How is it taking you the fourth time? I tell you, like, it's just one of those things. And it's, it's a terrible thing for me. And I know I have, I fight through that in my position all the time because I have to train these people. And I, I know if, if I, if they fail, I've failed them because I need them to get better. So that's on me to learn how to get to that point. And I have a hard time with that. Yeah. The, uh, they say like the average consumer understands at the fourth grade level. That's true. Like so when when we're conversing That's about scary. whether it's a no, financial it's, it's topic true. or whatever it is, like it should be like you're talking to a fourth grader. It should be that simple for people to so understand. So I, I had to learn that over my first year of, of being in, in the business. And I'm sure you, you just said mm-hmm. it. So you, you do the same thing is we have to remember that, which is also why I told him to explain the, mm-hmm. the designations and the licenses yep. because – you like in your head, you're like, I'm gonna explain this, it's gonna be just fine. Mm-hmm. And they look at you at when you're done talking, like, What the did you just say to me? So, you, you really gotta, you, you gotta bring it down. I'm not gonna say dumb it down, but you gotta bring it down to where somebody that has never heard about it before, talked about it before, will understand what you're yeah. talking about. Mm-hmm. And I, we have to do that every day, yeah. And it's it's crazy. I draw a lot of pictures in client meetings, I guess I'll say it that way too. We're it's a visual, you know, pictures and, and definitions, mm-hmm. defining words. That mm-hmm. only get used in like certain like our business or you know it's just 
it's it's crazy to think about. We do that every day. Yeah. Yeah. But you do the same thing, having to teach people oh, on the job. Yeah. So it's, it's really the same thing. Just yeah, a different... have, every field's that way. I mean, if I have somebody, uh, I, I imagine you guys, I clearly know you guys are highly intelligent, but you come in and try to run a laser. It's going to take a minute to, oh, like, yeah. I'm going to tell, could... tell you a word, and you'll be like, ah, <laughs> you, <laughs> you don't know what that is. You go, you go put us on the line. We aren't going to be able to do <laughs> no, nothing. No. But I guarantee, I, I also know by knowing you guys that, uh, I could spend a day with you and you're going to understand that. And I don't have to, in my opinion, I don't think I have to dumb it down. So, uh, <clears throat> I, I might have to for certain people, but I, I, and that goes back to the average, but I know with you guys and that that's going to knowing the type of people you're around reading them a little bit more. I think I'm a, and, I'm a repetition <laughs> guy. Like I said, I'm very visual hands on repetition. That's how I learn. Yeah. Which I, is why if I, I watch, person one time and let me try it and then if i fail i'm gonna figure out how i failed and try to fix it myself mm-hmm. yep i'm more that way <clears throat> with your certified financial plan you said so you just got that recently yeah i think it's probably two years ago two i got it during ago. covid okay so th- that was probably a good time to do it dude to so an extent like in in this exams like you have to take series exams before you can go sit for the final yep and the final is like a two-hour break, two-hour. And in these series exams, it was all virtual. They wouldn't let you go in and take the exam. So uh, your office desk had to be clean. They had to have a proctor. They had to nothing, show the camera. Nothing on the walls, yeah. right? So I had to be in a blank office, nothing around. And you had I had check to your stare. Shoes probably. I had to stare at that computer screen. You could not blink. Yep. You could not look away. They're on speaker talking to you while you're taking the test. Really? You know, because some like you'll think and you'll just like rub your Picture, eyes or like you'll look. What up are you here. looking at? Yeah, it's like what are you doing? Like nothing. I'm in a, like a closed <laughs> off room. Chill. Like, and how you, long is turn, this? Turn the camera around and show me the pra- the like the individual sections. I think they were maybe like a hundred questions or not super long. You know, so maybe but still in a sixty in a to ninety room. minutes. Yeah, that's a long t- a plain room. And especially when you know there's somebody on there saying, "Hey, turn the camera around." Like, wow, oh <laughs> come on, man. So for for perspective, the six and sixty three were each one hundred and fifty, right? I, yeah. I'm pretty sure it was one hundred and fifty. Okay. So then the yep. next, so the you said the sixty five. Yep. How many was that one? Hundred or two hundred, something like that. So in I general, he, he's probably had to answer a thousand questions to get where he's at. Yeah. Let's put it that way. Yeah, and I mean, you know, there's I would say the amount of people that have passed these exams. You know, there's people that are really really good at their job. And then there's people that are really, really bad at their job too. Right. You know, I, I would think it's, you know, having that base level of knowledge is one thing, but then it's a whole nother thing to practice it and do it right, right at a high level. You know right. what I mean? Yep, I do. We've yeah. talked about that a lot on like GPAs and stuff too. I mean, it's the same concept. There's, there's people with really high GPAs that have just done really well on tests because they study really well. Yep. They did all the extra credit. They did all this, but they're not at the same IQ level as somebody that isn't the, you know, the highest GPA that you maybe slacked off a little bit or did whatever, but in the long run is a higher IQ that can do a little bit more stuff. You know, it's kind of the same concept. There are probably people that pass with a higher score than you that don't know or do as well as you may do in the business. Yeah. And I'm, you know, I'm nothing amazing, but you know, what was funny is when, when you do the CFP, you have to get your college transcript. You have to get it. And I got my college, you have to, I had to like call the college and you got right. to pay to get your transcript. And I graduated with like a 3.2, which 
C's get degrees. So you, do you have to like? Okay, so you're you saying have you have to, you have have to, to pay transcript. to get a transcript. You've already paid them. You, you, I don't. It was like thirty or fifty bucks or <laughs> right. something. You know, because they have to send it certified. I think. But yeah, I graduated with a three point like, which is not great. Like, and I looked back and I was like, "What were you doing, man?" So do you have to have? Do you have to have graduated to take the CF? The CFP? I think you have to have a four year degree. Really? I think you have I to have a four year degree. I could be wrong on that, but I believe that's why they wanted it because you have to have a four year degree. Hmm. You have to have a four year degree, and I believe four years experience in the industry in order to sit for it. Makes sense. It's nothing I'm aspiring to do, but. Yeah, and I I didn't realize that. Just looking back, I mean, like, what were you doing in college? I mean, it, it's not. I mean, <laughs> oh, it's like, okay. you should be able to get a three point two. I mean, that's, I'd much rather probably go see somebody that has a three point two than a four point oh. Yeah, because then you never know. You know, you just never know. Like I said, people can regurgitate stuff, but then not be yeah. able to p- perform and do those things. Yeah, my wife showed me a video the other night, and it was I can't remember who the guy was, but it was some guy talking about like. A lot of times the, the C students in the world are the ones that end up being more successful than the A students because they just don't strictly keep their head down and answer the questions and study. They're kind of daydreaming off, thinking about what could be, thinking about what their future is going right. to be. Possibly higher critical thinkers. Yeah. You yeah. Know? And, it's and it's the C students that swear. Yeah. <laughs> so they, say, they say that swearing often now is also a sign of intelligence too. But that's funny. That's good. But I've heard that. You know, it's it's the ones that have the critical we talk about critical thinking a lot on the podcast too is like yeah. yeah you might be able to go regurgitate all this information but actually critical think and and maybe ask questions about it yeah like just because you can take this book that's been passed around forever and regurgitate the information well what if it's maybe it's not the best way to do it yeah that's que- question things should i talk about that in the book like my little kids always asking why you know and you you get sick of it all the time but People don't do that as they get older. You know, they just say, oh, this is the way it is. Well, why? Right. Right. Why do I have to retire at 70? Why can't I retire at 60? Right. You know, why do I have to do this? You know, ask those questions. Yep. That's what we're, we're big proponents of the why. We talked about that in almost every podcast we've done for this. And it's just some, it's, it's, it's something that isn't done enough in yeah. the world anymore like yeah. at all. For anything, whether it's talking about government, whether it's talking about uh-huh. your financial planner, your insurance, your uh, anything. Yeah. Anything at all. It's ask, just, ask questions. Always just, ask questions. Just following, line blind, following along blindly doesn't help anybody on no. anything. You'll, uh-huh. never, you'll, never, you'll never get yourself farther ahead by doing that, I don't think. I mean, eventually you're just going to stop. You're going to hit a plateau at some point if you just follow you got to ask a few questions and you got to take some lumps on the way sometimes i mean sometimes you you take the wrong path and it is what it is and you learn from it and you get better and you learn another way or you learn another way just taking that wrong path and you're automatically better for it because it brought it you you found it a way that nobody else had really thought of yeah exactly way to do it can you kind of explain to the listeners kind of what you do on a day-to-day basis like what does a CFP do? Yeah. What what can they come yeah. s- see you for? So I would say at a base level, what I tell people is I help people make smart decisions with money, right? And so really what that entails is we sit with people and I'm big on values, right? So usually when I'm first sitting with clients, I have a conversation about what are your values. And so I tell what my values are, my seven Fs, faith, family, fitness, finances, fun, fellowship, friends, right? Those are my values. And when we dig into the values, I like to use money as a tool so I can increase those things in my life personally, right? That's what I want to help you do. 
figure out what your values are. That'll tie into what your goals are. And then we can talk about how we can use money as a tool to increase those values in your life. Because you trade your time for money. We already talked about that, right? You trade your time for money. Let's figure out how we can do it in the most efficient way possible. And then we dig into insurance. We dig into taxes. We get into how much we should be saving. And that's really what we do. We help make clients make smart decisions with their money. And you can really help anybody that's making a low amount of money to highest amount of money, right? Yeah. Yeah. So um, we have support staff now, so it's not just me. When when I first got in the business, there's a lot of people in my industry that have minimums, right? They say, hey, I'm not talking to you unless you have half a million dollars. I'm not talking to you unless you have a million dollars. I'm not helping you. And that's, that's not why I got in the business. When I first got started, shoot, if you had 50 bucks, I'd talk to you. You know, and I just feel like that's that's putting something bad into the universe if you're telling people, I'm too good for you. I'm too good to help you. It creates a class system at that point. Yeah, you know? which I get it from a business standpoint, right? I get it. I get it if people do it. But what I have, and we have the support to do it now, is we don't tell anybody no, right? We may have one meeting. I may give you some advice, and then we, you know, we may go our separate ways, but we can help anybody. And you know, I'm, I'm in our firm. I'm never going to put a minimum on with any of our clients. Yeah, that you don't. You have to have a hundred thousand to work with us. No, like we'll give you advice. It may not be Adam that you're talking to, but whoever you're talking to in our firm, we'll meet with you. We'll do our best to help you and give you advice on what you should do, and whether you got fifty bucks or five million bucks. Which clearly you stand behind your people too. So I mean, yeah, yeah, you don't have Adam, but you have you have Adam, really. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, in a, in a sense, it's hard to get some people to understand that because I do that in my business too, where it's like you might not always get to talk to me because yeah. you know it does take time to do the things that we do. So we can't help. You know, there's only 365 days in a year. Yep. You know, so we we can only have so much time. But and we still got you know you and I both make time for family. Yep. We have other. Yep. You know the podcast. You have other. You know, you're writing. Yep. 27,000 bucks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's a, uh, yeah, it's, it's good to have the staff. And if they're knowledgeable, you hired them, like stand behind them. Like he said, it's, it's okay to do that. Yeah. Like I said, I just, like I said, when I first got started, I'd kill to get anybody. And I feel like now we're at a point where you could tell people, no, right. I don't want to do that. You know, if people need help, we'll help them. Do you have, have you ever told anybody no based on values? Like personal values? Um, I've never really had, and I I don't know, you kind of attract who you are maybe. You know what I mean? Yeah, I hear you there. And, you know, so we've had some situations where, you know, maybe we've met with the clients and we give them our two cents and they're like, well, we're no, that's not happening. Um, Great example. We had, uh, we get leads that come in from the company, right? And there was a lead for disability insurance, short-term disability insurance that came in some gal in like Utah or something like that. And I was emailing her back and forth and I asked her, Hey, are you looking for maternity coverage? Which most time if a short-term disability, it's maternity coverage is what they're looking for. And she came back with something like, you know, that's sexist of you. I would you assume that a female (laughs) at at 26 years old needs maternity (laughs) coverage? Sorry for assuming. You know, it's just right. like situations like that where they yeah. weed themselves out. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I get that a lot too. I'm, I've am i learned in my years of, of being in the business that I'm a lot better at saying no. Like maybe we're not mm-hmm. the right fit. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, that happens. And it has nothing to do with money. It has nothing to do with anything else. It could be a – I've turned away big policies, yep. big things. And it's like we just – our values don't line up well enough yeah. together 
that I don't, I don't think that I could help you in the long run. Yeah. It's not going to work for me or for you. Yeah. Like it's not going to be enjoyable for anybody. Yeah. So I've, I've learned to be able to do that. And it's tough. It's tough when there's money on the table, Mm -hmm. but it's like, if you're going to build a business for the long run, you got to kind of have clients that kind of line up with the same type of values that you have. I think that goes back more to like, again, to our time conversation too. Uh, that's for in, in every industry too. Like if you're not going to, you're not going to be happy with your time with me. I'm not going to be happy with yeah. my time with you. Why is this a value for either of us? Like we can find somebody else. Some yep. You can find somebody else. I can find somebody else. We're both going to be more happy. Uh, a little bit of money, maybe the, it's again, what is the value of your time? And a lot of people don't value their time in the correct way. I've noticed and people just go about their, they don't think there's other options for their time. Yep. Time is the only thing that it's not replaceable. It's gone. Like your, your time is gone. Like yeah. you can make more money time. You can't make more time. It's the most valuable asset there is, right? <clears throat> yeah. Yep. In my opinion, I, it is like yeah. it, it's all there is to it. Did you have something to add to that? I know you, you made an eyebrow raise. Is that was that, was that a little? No, be- no, I'm with oh, you. Okay, I okay. just think like Richard Branson says, there's always another bus coming, right? There's, right. Uh, there's always a lot of people out there that need help. So yeah, there's so many people in the world too. Yeah, so many people in Norfolk. Yeah, I mean we we have so many different. I just and like yeah. I was telling you with technology now, it's nothing to work with somebody that's across the country. Right. So that's what I was going to ask you too. Are you licensed in all fifty states? No, I don't know how many, maybe like nine or 10. Okay. Not, not all 50 states. No. So do you, since you're with Mutual Omaha, you have to be kind of where, but they're in every state, right? Yeah. And we're kind of, I mean, you're more or less contracted with them. So you're, you're independent. You can yeah, do yeah. whatever Sorry, you want, yeah, but, uh, I'm the, I'm the same way. Yeah. I mean, so wherever you have clients that need help, you get licensed and help them out. So like I have, I'm relegated to the states that the Farm Bureau Federation that I'm a part of is a part of. Gotcha. Like a district, if you our territory. Yeah. So like all the state all the states have a Farm Bureau uh-huh. Federation. Some of them are just separated from other ones. So like with me, we have there's nine states that I can be involved with. Yeah. Gotcha. But I can't get licensed in another state outside of that. Oh, interesting. <clears throat> it has to be another Farm Bureau it has territory to be or whatever. Within our Federation. Gotcha. Yeah. So it's, it makes it kind of tough when I, I'm involved in some groups on Facebook and they're like, hey, I need help in Arkansas. I'm like, wow. Well, Sorry. I can't really help you in Arkansas. I can help you over here. Yeah. You know, but yeah. And it's, it's, we have some good states. We got Arizona and I can do South Dakota, Iowa, Kansas. Oh, nice. Um, Utah. But, you know, I can't do like Texas, which is okay because like Texas, Florida, California, I really don't want to touch anyway. Yeah. And on the, on the, well, nine, nine states is plenty. Like yeah. that's that's a yeah. pretty lo- that's a pretty large territory. Right. And I can't really get to all those places either. So it's yeah. like I've got some clients in Arizona only because they're snowbirds. Second home type of deal. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah. So it's kind of cool that you can have you can kind of do what you want, you know, if you can if you can mm-hmm. help a client in Washington state, well, yeah, you can get licensed. Get, yeah, go get licensed. And it's licensed. easy to do. Once once you already have a license, it's easy to get a, a non-resident license somewhere. Yeah. Um, I guess the only tricky part is, you know, there's the investment world where you have to do that, and then there's the insurance world where you have to do that. So it depends on how you're how right. you're working with the client, what you're doing with right. them, what you have to get It's a little more in. sticky with the investment world, right, because you have to have, like, a, there's, there's stipulations to that. Yeah. Uh, I think it's just a little bit more expensive maybe. 
to get oh, yeah. licensed in those states from, yeah. from an investment standpoint. Well, every state's different just, too, yeah. as far as how much it. Yep. And you got uh, Nebraska. Like for me, it's like fifty bucks, and then Minnesota is like three hundred and fifty. Yeah. So it's like it's just a all over the place. Crazy. Yeah, it's crazy how each state's different with that. Yeah, all over the place. Um, a, a key word we use on this show is balance. How did you balance your professional career, writing the books, and keeping time with your family? Yeah, good question. Um, I think a life is seasons. You know, so before we had kids, I spent a lot of time working, right? Nights, weekends, you know, whenever people could meet. Uh, when Katie, Katie and I first got married, she actually worked the night shift at the group home for a while. And so, you know, we'd see each other from time to time, but we worked a lot before we had kids. But, you know, it's what we enjoyed doing, and that's just what we wanted to do to set ourselves up. And then once kids came along, that slowed down a lot with our first kid right? Cause you're, you're a parent. And now, um, I really protect my time a lot now. So like, it's, you know, I don't, I, we don't do evening calls. I don't do evening meetings. I don't do weekend calls. I don't do weekend meetings. Like we're open from eight to five Monday through Friday. If, if you can't find time to make this important decision with me eight to five Monday through Friday, then maybe we're not the best fit. Like if you, if you don't value my time with my family, maybe we're not the right yeah. You know what I mean? Yep. Um, but like stuff like this, you know, whether it's writing, whether it's reading, um, I'm coming out with the podcast next year. I'll either do it in the morning or at night when the kids go down. If if it doesn't work out during the day schedule. What's that gonna kind of be? What do you get? What's the concept on there? Uh or do you I'll, not know yet? It's a personal finance based podcast. Good. That's so what I was thinking. I'm gonna be talking about finance. I'm going to mix in some faith stuff. I'm, I'm going to record the books, and the books are going to be on there too. You know, just like an audio book. Right, yeah, I, was, I was wondering, if you don't have one of those yet, do you? No, uh-uh. No. And I so, should just give you one of these mics, and you can just do it here. Yeah. <laughs> Lock me in here for eight hours. I, I really wanted to. I was hoping there was an audio version of the book. It, it'll be coming out next year on the okay. podcast. I'll get that too. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be coming out next year. That's but good. no, so that's that's how I kind of look at balance in my life, right? Um, I have to have my fitness. I like work, so I have to have that. I have to have my family time. And so I just try to structure it in a way that works for me. Was Katie pretty much all behind you on your on your work stuff, doing the books? Yeah, she's Was super there any supportive. Kind of- she stays at home. I, I couldn't do a tenth of what I do, honestly, if she if she worked. Right. Like you have no idea how stress relieving it is or how easy it makes life like when you come home and like supper's ready or right. you know the house is in a disaster or i gotta run go grab quick for something for supper like no it's taken care of which is so nice to have that has she enjoyed that yeah Good. yeah she, that's kind of what she always wanted to do um was stay at home and you know luckily god's blessed us enough that she can right yeah it's it i wouldn't have it any other way i guess i'll phrase it that way and the kids you know kids are only home for so long it goes so fast oh it's it's nuts my my oldest is 11 mm-hmm. and i'm like where it goes so fast. When did that happen? You yeah. know, it's, yeah. Especially when you get in a career that you work so hard at and yeah, it's, it's kind of crazy how it all just, it's just fast. We'll just say fast. Yeah. And it really, you know, shoot when you're gone for a week or something, you know, they change. And I feel like you take a lot of that for granted sometimes if mm-hmm. you, if you're putting your head down working all the time. Yeah. I see then you you really do 
attest to what you're saying because you you made sure that the time we made for this podcast yeah. was was after you know after the family time and yeah. which is great. That's awesome. So I'm just gonna pick picking up on so I don't have my own kids so, um, but I'm picking up on a little bit. You kind of <clears throat> you're you're your own boss in a way. Yeah, I mean you yep. have bosses, but yep. you're kind of in your own your own boss. You're your own boss. Uh, my parents were kind of their own bosses. They had jobs throughout the time, throughout their lives, but they always made time to be, you know, our their number one job was probably the farm, yep. the livestock produce, livestock and all that, the cows and the calves and all that. Um, but it was, it, it was something that was a huge upbringing in my life that they were basically a phone call away at all times, like no matter what, like the schedule they, they were there when we went to school. Uh, they were there early in the night. Uh, there'd be weekends or days, you know, trips. Dad would have to go to a convention or dad would yep. be at a show. Mom would be at a show. Mom would be at a convention. And then we'd go with grandma and grandpa or whatever. So that was kind of fun. But it just seems like that's a – did you ha- – obviously your dad was a farmer, so he was around all the time. So um, did you – do you think that kind of led into that, Your what you think you wanted to do? I think I think so. Yeah. <clears throat> um, so growing up, my dad would always take us to school growing up and like he would always show up in the morning and he'd always grab a piece of toast to go. Yeah. And like, it didn't hit me until later in life or like when I was in high school that that was like his second breakfast. Like he was up at way before that, had breakfast, went and worked for two plus hours and then we he would come home to get us and yeah. grab toast to eat while he drove us to school. You know, and then he would always, he always coached his kids in sports. You know, he always coached our basketball teams growing up. And so I think that's something that, you know, you're just raised that way. And you're like, no, you're a dad. You're supposed to coach your kids' teams. Yep. You're supposed to be there for your kids. And so I don't know if that's because the way I was raised or, you know, once I had kids, just something clicked that, like, I actually enjoy coaching. Like, I coach the kids' stuff. And a lot of people are like, how do you do that? That's like torture. I'm like, I don't it honestly, I enjoy it. Like, yeah. So in basketball this year, I have two boys in basketball this year. And they said, hey, we have enough coaches if you don't want to coach a team this year. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, I don't think I can see myself sitting there right. while somebody else is coaching my boy. Like, I just don't think that would, like something would itch at me to like, yeah. what are you doing, dude? Get out. You know, that's just, yeah. I don't know. It's not for everybody, right? Like right. that's not the way everybody is and that's totally fine, but that's just the way I am. I I just thought about that. I don't I don't know if that's the case, but it just seems like maybe it's a maybe it's a nature versus nurture thing. Like you just grow up that way, and you just kind of assume that that's the way life needs to be. Yeah, but I don't know. We kind of have the same situation. So Kai still works, but she runs a daycare out of the house, Mm -hmm. so she's home. Mm -hmm. The kids got to you know my youngest got to stay home until we we made sure he went to preschool. It's like you got nah, you kind of got to get out of the house and go meet some new kids and stuff. Yeah, but it's kind of you know not the same situation, but. It's nice having to know she's there. She can't really leave, obviously, with the daycare because yep. there's only so many people there. But I can do things now. Yep. I take the kids to school every day. I yep. pick them up. And I always make sure that that time, like even my staff knows those times of the day, you can't yep. schedule anything for me. Yeah, so that is it's, nice. it's It's fun. Yeah, that's nice. And, you know, I think the, that sticks with kids too. Mm-hmm. The other thing we did, going back to the work thing, is um, when I took over for Brad... I kept the COVID hours, so we're only open 9 to 4. That's awesome. So that my staff can take their kids to school, not have to rush here, 
and they can still get their kids after school and not have to rush in five o'clock traffic. That's so it's, awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. Yep. Yeah, uh, there's a lot more to life than working. Right? Oh, for sure. You know, it's part of it. You got to have purpose. I feel I feel like that's a good thing. But yeah, there's a heck of a lot more to life than working 16 hours a day. I think. Well, that and and, and you know they get a lot more done. Yeah. They know they they're they're happier. Yep. They're not, you know, wasting time during the day. They know they have to get a certain amount of stuff done or I'm going to get yep. a little upset, you know, whatever. But, yep. yeah, I just think it's – we get a lot of flack for that sometimes. Well, you, I pulled up at 8 and you were oh, – the, the hours have been on the door for yeah. four years, you know. It's just <laughs> – Yeah. Yeah, and just going back to clients that so, – and sometimes the, the naggiest clients are the ones that – Have all, all day. Yeah, all day. <laughs> they got all day to just do whatever. You're retired. Make it work. And we've, we've, and sometimes you got to train your clients on, hey, set an appointment. Yep. I've got a schedule. My day is, my calendar is full. I've showed him my calendar. Like my calendar is full every day. I have everything in there from working out to taking the kids to school to picking the kids up because the, the staff, like my girls make all my appointments. Yep. So I got to make sure that I have all my stuff in there that I got to get to every day. So it's a, it's a full time job just, just keeping my calendar. Yeah. It's a good problem to have, though. It is. It's just uh, just getting people to understand you can't just pop in and expect to get time. Yeah, dude, that's uh, that's something we've I've really worked on the last year or so. Is you know, hey, it's not Adam on an island. Yeah. Like you know, these people here know more than I do most of the times. That's like so, usually the case. You know, <clears throat> don't don't worry about talking to me. Like I'm helping you today, yes, but also here is this person and this person that does yep. this. Just educating people, letting them know. Yep. As, as a business owner, you can't expect people just to, you got to, like I said, educate them. You got to tell yep. them like, hey, no, here's here's Julie. She's great at this. Or here's Jenny. She's amazing doing this. Here's Anita. She can help you with anything. Yep. I'm just the guy that just sits in this office. Like, they're making the show run. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's just getting people to understand that. And, you know, maybe males, we're not always the best communicators. Horrible. Right, and so it just goes to over communicating. Yeah, if you've never told people, they don't know. Exactly. Yeah. We assume we, we probably assume too much. I guess. Yep. Yeah. No, a, a thousand percent. Yeah, a thousand percent. Communication is key too in relationships. I'm sure you and Katie communicate a lot, and you guys seem to have a, a great relationship. I don't know you guys all no, that nobody's well. Nobody's perfect. But, yeah. Yeah. You know, we we everybody has problems. Nobody's perfect, but yeah, we try to do the best we can. You know, because it's not. Whether it's being on the same page with kids' stuff, right? You know, whether it's disciplining kids. Yep. Making sure you're on the same page with that. Um, yeah, just talking. It's crazy how the, you see a lot of couples that maybe don't, you can tell when they don't communicate very yep. well. And, and they, you know, it's just nice to see, nice to hear communications going on in your world. Dude, life gets busy though. It like, does. We, Katie and I talk all the time, like, can you imagine how life would be if, like, we both worked? Yeah. Like, I don't know if we could do it. Like, I would be, I would be, like, on, I would be on edge all the time, I feel like. It's taken a while for me to, because, like, Kai has a lot of, um, what do you call them, like, not seminars, but, like, different groups that she's involved with, with daycare. So, there's, like, panels that she's on or different things. Just keeping all the schedules, and now that we got the podcast yeah. going, it's trying to keep those along the lines of you know, yep. making sure one of us is there for the kids. Yep. I, we, I've got 
my parents are awesome. They're they're usually drop of a hat. That's awesome. If we need that. them. They're still here yeah. in town. Yep, they're here in town. Her mom's here in town, so we're we're pretty lucky. You know, I don't get how some people do it where they don't live close to family and they have kids. I don't get it either. I've got some friends that they have to get a babysitter, like an actual babysitter every time they go out and do something. I'm like, I've never, we've used a babysitter once. Yeah. It's usually grandparents or, <laughs> you know. Yeah, it'd be it'd be tough. <clears throat> that is for dang sure. Mm-hmm. There's, so you, both your, I'm assuming your parents are still. Yeah, they still live in Atkinson. And um, hers are. Her grandparents are still around. They live like two blocks from us, which is really nice. Oh, that's perfect. And then her mom and stepdad live in Stan, so not oh, far. Oh, so yeah, so that's great. Yeah, it works. That's good. Um, with you being focused on your health and with your career, do you have any influences or role models in either one of those spaces that you kind of look up to? Yeah, so I listen to a lot of podcasts and I read a lot of books. It's good to hear. And yeah, yeah, yes, sir. Yes, sir. And so that's where I draw a lot of information and advice from, I guess I would say. I've tried a couple, quote unquote, like coaching groups online, and it just, I don't know, they just haven't worked out for me, I guess I'll say. Were it they more way. like uh, where you guys met? Virtually. Like, uh, virtually? Yeah, virtually. Okay. It yeah. wasn't like one of the just the, you're typing messages no. back and forth. No, it was a virtual one. Um, but like from a, a business standpoint, we do two educational events a year. I'm on an advisory council with Mutual of Omaha, which is nice. So it's like the corporate side, and then they have six agents come in as well. So we meet three times a year, and they really talk about like big picture ideas of what they want the company to develop into. And so that's been really beneficial from that as well. But yeah, just books and podcasts is really what where I get a lot of my stuff from. What are some of, um, outside of your own books, what are some books you maybe have read that have made an impact on you? So um, I'm trying to think of some of the most recent ones that I read. That book I just read on speed reading and comprehension was really good. Jim Quick's book. I can't remember the name of it off mm -hmm. the top of my head. But I just finished also a book, uh, 10X is Easier Than 2X, which from a business standpoint, I think if you're a business owner out there, that book really, really opened my eyes. Is that it's not a Grant Cardone one, right? No, no. The 10X it's, deal. I can't remember the author of it, but yeah, the book was 10X is easier than 2X. Just talking about like more or less getting the right people in the right spots. And, you know, you can only do so much. You can only focus on so much. Right. You gotta have people around you to support you. Right. You know, and so getting the people in the right seats on the bus more or less is what that one is about. Was it hard for you to hand off some stuff to people? Was it hard for you to be able to do that? Um, it was hard for me, so I just didn't know if it was. Yeah, and hard for the hard for me to tell the clients because yeah. I don't. I always say like, "Hey, I don't want you to feel like I'm putting you off," but I can't. Like, I literally do not have the time to help you with this and do these other things. Right. So right now we're trying to get more more specialized in what we do. Right. So we're not a jack of all trades, master of none. Like, here's your lane. Here's your lane. Here's your lane. Like, I know enough to tell you basic stuff on these other things but for specifics you're going to talk to this person and, and that would probably make people a little more comfortable i think <sighs> if i was coming in as a customer i, mean, I want the person yeah. i don't want to be bullshitted here mm -hmm. tell me tell me here 
And then if I have another question over here, let's come. I'll come back to you over here. And then this person's not bullshitting me about this over here. I think so. <clears throat> I think that would make me feel really comfortable. Actually, I would enjoy something like that. Yeah, it as a kind of goes back to that consumer. team approach. Yeah. Right. Yep. It takes a little humility to do that. Some people wouldn't be able to do that. They're like I've known some other not agents in Farm Bureau, but other agents that'd be like, "Oh, I know everything." I'm like, no. <laughs> Nobody knows. Like everything. in my office, if it comes up with something with farm, like. I'm not, I wasn't, I didn't grow up on a farm. I'm not going to be able to tell you the yeah. ins and outs. I'm learning, right, as I'm going. Yeah. But we have experts in the office that know a shit ton more about farms yeah. than I do. Yeah. So I always bring them in. I'm like, let me bring you my farm expert. Yep. Let's do that. Let's get together. Let's do that. And it's, mm -hmm. I, I get a lot more uh, positive feedback when I bring somebody in like that. Yeah. No, it's uh, kind of the Dunning-Kruger effect. You know, the the more you know, the you actually figure it out, the less you know. Right. Right. So it's like when you're first in the business, you think you got it all figured out. And then you get 10 years in and you're like, oh, my, like, I know, like, no, half nothing. of what I need to know. You <laughs> know what still, I mean? You're still learning every day, uh, I'm assuming. Yeah, yeah. I learn every day, too. It's Yeah. That and I think so, with certain people, it goes a long ways if you can say, I don't know, but I'll find somebody that does, or yep. I will find that answer for you. Yep. I don't like somebody saying, I know, and then I find out later they don't know. That makes me more mad. Yep. Whereas if you just say, just be honest with me, like, oh, man, I I don't know. And that, I've done that in my life. It's worked out better for me. Like somebody come ask me a question, man, I, I don't know, but I, I can't guarantee I can figure the question out, but you're going to have to give me some time. Or this person is the one that I go to, so this is the person you should go to. Yep. Type of thing. And I think that that would uh, that breeds a lot of respect from whoever you're talking to. And it does for me, too. If somebody tells me that, I'm like, all right, at least I know he's being honest with me. Yeah. Again, honesty goes a long ways. But Exactly. <clears throat> That's how I look at it, too. I always make sure if I don't know something, I'm not going to try to bullshit an answer because yeah. I don't want to be the guy <clears throat> talking in front of you and be like, oh, I'll give you an answer. And then you find out a week later I'm. Yeah, just wrong, and then I look like an idiot. And who's gonna want to go to that guy? But yeah. then it's really fun if you do that to me because then I can bring it up in a week later. Well, you, yeah, you. I'm talking about the average <laughs> no, customer. I know. He likes to bring up shit. You know, <clears throat> it no, it doesn't but if happen. But if it's a customer telling you, you just nod your head and say, "Yes, you're right." Yeah, yeah, yep. yeah. yeah, yeah. You don't tell them they're wrong. <laughs> you're yeah. exactly right. Yeah, that's yeah. Do you have any uh, fitness or health? Role models at all? Have you, do you did you come up with your own program for all that stuff? Or did um, you? <clears throat> you ever listen to Mind Pump? I, I listen I've heard to the of Mind it. Pump podcast, and I follow their fitness stuff. So they they have a ton of different fitness programs mm -hmm. you can get. I always find it's easier for me if I just have a program, right? So hey, this is what you're doing. Yep, three days a week, four days a week, five days a week, whatever it is. This is your workout program that you're doing, and I equate. With a lot of people that I work with, it's easy to equate fitness and finance for me, yep. right? You have to have a plan, you have to stick to the plan, and you got to hold yourself accountable. If you can do that on your own, awesome. But a lot of people can't. That's why coaches exist. I'm a financial coach. Here's how I can help you. Right. And so I, I kind of take that into the fitness world as well, right? You know, I have, here's my fitness regimen that I follow. I do something every day. And it's ingrained in my mind that if I don't do something every day, it's not a full day. Like I can, I have to do something. And then obviously like the eating stuff goes with that too. Right. Does that help you from going into the gym and just 
you find yourself lollygagging or something. It just knows, like, I'm hitting this machine now. All right, I'm done. Now I'm going to this machine. Now mm-hmm. now I'm going to this machine. I'm not going to just lollygag from this machine to this machine to the, oh, I can go over here. Nobody's over here. Is that? Do you find that helping in that way? Yeah, you know, if you don't have a plan, you're planning to fail, right? <clears throat> yeah. You know, and it, if you have something to do and you go in there with an agenda, you're going to get it done. And quicker. Saves time. Exactly. Again. Yep. Exactly. Do you change plans often or do you kind of stick with the same tried and true? It's uh, usually they're like anywhere from 10 to 12 weeks and then a diff- I'll do a different one. You know, maybe take a week off and just do some light stuff and then do a different one. I have like three that I circle in. Cir- you know, and it probably and helps, you know, you're probably working different muscle groups or yeah, different, yeah. doing it's different motions. It's something different every time. Yeah. You know, so like the one I'm on now is like phase one to three with strength and then it was endurance, and then the last one is like power or something like that, you know. So it's it's always something different. That's awesome. But I found too that like, you know, taking that over to the financial planning side of things too, I like to have meeting agendas now. So it's not just let's have a review. Review what? Right. What do you want to talk about? Like I just don't, I don't want to have an hour yeah. meeting with you or a half hour meeting to talk about the weather. Like let's have an agenda. What do you need? Let's talk about what's going on. Let's talk about your goals. And let's talk about action steps that we can take moving forward. I had to start doing the same thing to make sure there was a... You know what I mean? Because you, know, you want to meet with the clients, obviously. Yeah. yeah. You know, to keep make sure they're still happy and yep. what you got to have. You can't just talk about the weather. You can't talk about, you know, <laughs> yeah. the Nebraska football. You yeah. Know, it's got to be something well paced out. And can you... Uh, <clears throat> when... Uh, are you worried about giving away too much on your podcast or um, is that kind of way? Are you trying to help people on a podcast? Um, would, yeah. On your podcast, you're trying to, are you looking to do kind of like your, you find the, the fitness podcast where they're telling you some goals and stuff. Is that kind of what you're looking to do on the exactly. financial side of it? Like, Hey, we're just like a 10 week program. That's what we're going to try to do. We're just going to do a little one here. Mm-hmm. And then this is what we're going to do. That's kind of what you're looking at too. Exactly. And so that's what I did with the books too. You know, the books, Anything, everything's in those books for you to do it yourself. Like if you want to, if you have the discipline and if you follow what I tell you in the books, you have everything you need to go do it yourself. That's what I want the podcast to be too. So like I I wanted it to have all the information. This is what I do day in and day out. This is everything you need if you want to go do it yourself. God bless you. But what you'll find is that um, when a lot of people get successful enough from an income standpoint, or when things get complex enough from a financial standpoint, that's where they got to say, man, I need some help. And I need my time. Again, it goes back to your time. My time is more valuable making, I need to make more money with my time. So I need somebody else to do this for me. Exactly. It makes a lot of sense. Exactly. And that goes back to your, like anybody from $50 up to $500,000, like let's build you from here. Like like, we're going to help you all the way. And then you're going to go on your own for a while. And then, yeah, you're going to end up coming back to me at that point. Exactly. So I, I like that business plan. That's pretty that's yeah, pretty I, insightful. I, I think of it as the abundant cycle, right? I, I put out good stuff out there. And it's going to come back. It'll come back, right? Well, like the that. more you help people, the more you, I mean, obviously you're going to benefit too, right? Yeah, it's selfish. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. anybody that does that is selfish. You know, in yeah. the end, I mean, yeah. you can say you're not, but. It, it, yeah. Yeah. It all comes down to the same thing. Yeah. Um, I'm going to take a quick pause. I'm going to go to the bathroom and then we'll come back and we'll talk about the books. Cool. Cool. All right, we're back. We kind of all had to go take a little pee break there. <laughs> you, get, you get sitting in here for an hour and have some a beer or some water. You kind of break kinda, time. Kind of got to go. 
So going back to the books, you've wrote three books. Yep. So how over how many years? So first one was in nineteen. It came out nineteen. How many? Yeah. How long was that after starting? So I it took probably about a year for the first one. Um, concept to writing and everything. Yeah. So the first one, I had it all wrote out. Like everything was all wrote out, and I was trying to find a publisher to publish the thing. Yeah. And I was finding a lot of places it was like thirty to forty grand. I'm like, Jesus. are you kidding me? Like it's here. Like this is what it is. I just I don't know what to do with it. And like a lot of the publishers, I didn't know this. Like you actually just talk to somebody. So like it's like this. We're having a conversation. What do you want to write a book about? This is what I want to write the book about. I'm going to tell you everything that I want. Sit and talk to you for days on end, whatever it is. And then you go, not me. I'm just telling you what I want the book to say. You go write it. <laughs> That's what a lot of these were. Is that like the ghostwriter type thing? Yeah, like a ghostwritten type of thing. Okay. And, a, and I was like, no, I'm not going to pay for that. So luckily another advisor actually from Florida had done it. And I got hooked up with his aunt, who more or less, it's kind of like a hybrid. They... And you know, so it's not self-publishing, but you know, there's a couple coaching calls. They edit it, they kind of help you through it. And then once I got set up with her, it was a pretty quick process oh, to get it done. Oh, so you just kind of get the concept and they they helped you edit it and do the whole thing? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Really? Yeah. So like the typesetting and grammar stuff. Yeah. And everything. So do you, did you it. have to um order so many ahead of time to sell, or did they kind of sell by um I can't work? remember what our minimums are. So there's minimums to get like Hundred and fifty or two hundred or so, nothing crazy, you know. You're not. So are you putting all the them. orders together? No, usually Amazon. I just Amazon a lot of does it. Is it? Amazon. I mean, they're available on my website, but so is it like a dropship type thing? Yeah. Or how does that? Yeah. So like, I have some web website I go to, and you can order like bulk, more or less. So do you have? I guess what I'm trying to ask is, do you have the copies physically with you, or yep. who who is shipping the copies out? So I have copies order? in the office that I just give out to people, more or less. Uh, but then, like, when people order it on Amazon, it's, like, printed on demand. Oh. Like, there's hmm. actually print on demand is how really? it works. Yeah. So, like, when I ordered those off your website. That was from me. Oh, okay. That was from me. Okay. Yeah. But, like, if you ordered on Amazon. it's They're printing them that right then and there? Yeah, I believe so. It's kind of wild. I didn't realize that. Is that yeah. most books then? Like this. I mean, it's not a, you know, New York Times bestseller. Well, I think no, most books like this, that's how it, it's done. Yeah, it depends on the type of book, I think. Hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> I didn't realize that. Like I there's not a warehouse with vats of them or anything. It's just printed on demand, yeah. I believe. Wow. You mean there's not a Walmart of each of these three books? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> full. Just full hundreds of thousands of them. <laughs> what, what made you want to start writing books? Just the education deal. Um, I, so I was listening to a podcast one time and it was, the guy was talking about educating the masses. And he did it through written form blogs. And I was like, that's a really good idea. Because, you know, when I first started in my career, you work with a lot of young people, just like yep. you were at the time. Yep. And then as you get busier and busier and busier, it's extremely tough to take, whether it's 45 minutes or an hour, with somebody who has no idea about finance. Yep. And so to try like, to bring them into yeah. it. Yeah. I was like, what if I wrote a book? That's super basic. So super basic book on finance, personal finance, like entry level stuff yeah. that everybody should know. You should have been taught in high school, but nobody was. That's what the first book was. And so I go, like I've talked to public school a couple times, the sophomore, junior I've class. I've seen that. That's really cool. I give them copies of the book. Uh, there's a couple high schools that have me come out and talk to their junior or senior classes. I give them copies of the book. 
college. I've been out to the college and talked to a couple of classes. I just use it as a giveaway to say, hey, you know, this Come is just... Come see me. Yeah. It's a nice marketing, well, it's a nice marketing <laughs> yeah. plan, too, yeah, I mean, if, it we're, if we're being honest. It is. And it's not uh, It's not a huge financial thing any either to give out right. a book. You right. Know? No. So you, you say you read a lot of books. Did you mm-hmm. read a lot of books as a kid, too? I mean, were you no, always a reader? It. Hated it. See, I went the other way. When I was younger... I read all the time. Like, I just loved reading. And then podcasting happened, and I just, I'm, I love listening to inner. I could sit, I basically listen to podcasts all the time. Yep. If I, it just keeps my mind busy, and yep. I'm going to listen to, I'm going to listen to interviews with Peterson or, um, Kiyosaka. Have you heard of Rich Poor, yep. Rich Dad Poor Dad? Yep. Ky- yep. Kiyosaki? I can't remember. Yep. I can't pronounce his name. Robert. That guy. I love listening to that guy. Anything mm-hmm. with people like that. I just love listening to that. Um, and so, but the one thing I've never tried is an audiobook. I don't know if I would listen to it. I can't. I just I can't it's almost like that. kind of listen to a podcast. It's a lot better when the author reads it, does it reads himself. It. Yeah. I might have to try that. But so that's what I was curious if like if you, cause I know you read them now. I didn't know if it was always that that brought you into uh, writing books or did you start reading books after writing books? Uh, I, I would say after college, I started reading books. Gotcha. Yep. Yeah. I'm a much more audio person, just like I am a visual person. Yep. I, I don't do well. Just read. Like if I would, when I read some of the book, I'm like, I, I I'm going to have to, yeah. I'm glad you're doing the podcast because yeah. it's one of those things. Like I retain a lot more, watching something, listening to something that yep. I do just reading it. Yeah. So. And it's and for most people, it's way more convenient <clears throat> if you're hot if you're out for a walk. I love to listen to podcasts when I work out. Yep. Yeah. Or Me if too. you're driving in the car, throw one on. It's just more I'd say more convenient. For you the listen to podcasts when you're working out. Yeah. So do I surprising. Yeah. I would listen to, when I work out, I it's music to me. Yeah. Like I have to listen if I which obviously I work out a lot. But, <laughs> <laughs> but if I do work out, that one's got to be a music for me. If it's anything else, uh, is a podcast to me because working out, I just need something to get my blood going or my adrenaline going or whatever I think it might be. It's almost really like part know. of your motivation, part of my motivation. But uh, other stuff is if I'm working, it helps focus me. Yep. And I'm also listening to something with mm-hmm. substance. So to me, music isn't substance. It it is substance, but it's more of a it's more of a melody to me. Let's just like yeah. let's go, let's go, let's go. So the first book was Twenty One Things You Need to Know About Money, How to Get It, Keep It, and Grow It. Yep. Can you kind of explain what that one's about? Yeah. So that first book is just the base of financial knowledge. You know, going out, getting a job. Part-time jobs, I talk about part-time work in there, which I think for people that are struggling paycheck to paycheck is a huge deal. There's a lot of ways right now to make extra money if you have the time to do it, right? right? If you don't have the responsibilities of kids yet. So how to get money, work that part-time job, and then how to grow it. I talk about investing, right? Just the basics of investment in there. And then how to keep it. I talk about like some basic insurance things that you should have. Does that make sense? Yep. Yep. So get it, keep it, grow it. Basic finance. That's stuff. awesome. That you don't just just talk about the finance. You talk about part time jobs and yep. that's kind of a cool concept. I like that. Yeah, I mean i i I just think that people underestimate what they're capable of far too often. They sell themselves short far too often. Right. right? Just thinking that hey, I have to work my eight to five. I and need. I, to, I work forty hours a week, and that's all the time I have. I don't have kids. I don't have a wife. Well, that's all I can do. Yeah. No, it's not. 
and that was my whole thing too. Like when Katie and I were first starting out, you know, hey, <clears throat> we're going to work a lot right now, but like when we start having kids and having a family, we won't be able to. Yeah. So let's do it now. Working now for the later. Yep. That's yep. good. Are you worried with some of the podcasts and the book? And the book obviously didn't just talk about finance. It talked about pursuing other things, part-time jobs yep. and things. I was kind of told when I was first starting the podcast, like, oh, is it going to be about insurance? And I'm like, no, it's not. There, there are going to be some episodes yeah. that will be. Yeah. But, like, don't just get put off because we're going to talk about other things. Yeah. Don't get put off just because just because you're in finance, certified financial planner and all that kind of stuff doesn't mean the whole podcast is going to be about, well, you should put your money here. You exactly. should put your money there. Exactly. So I just want to, for the, for the listeners, don't get a misconception that this is just going to be a, a basic boring thing that he's going to do. Yeah, and it, I think your personality comes out through it too, right? Right. Like those values come out through it too. Yep. yep. Very, very much so. We, we've, yeah, we've, we, we get pretty high on values coming out in in both podcasts that we do, and um, it's a lot of fun. I'm, I'm excited to hear what you're going to do in that in that podcast. Yeah, it'll it'll be a journey, that's for sure. I'm I'm excited. Um, next book. What's your plan? A financial guide to developing your ideal retirement. Can you explain that one? So I didn't know it when I did my first one, but it kind of dawned on me. Yeah, I spent a lot of time thinking, I guess, but my first book was kind of for a younger generation. Didn't really think about it at the time. But then when I was, I was like, you know what? I really enjoyed that process. I've gotten some decent feedback from it. It's actually helped some people out. Like, let me try this again, but let me do a little bit more advanced, right? So it builds on the second, the second book builds on the first book, right? And it's for those people kind of in those middle years where, okay, yeah, we have an income. We have some responsibilities, right? We just don't know where we want to, what do I do, right? What do I do? So it really gives people a map, a plan, like a workout plan to say, hey, you do this, 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 and this based upon these goals and these values that you have, and you'll be fine. That's great. And so it's a step-by-step guide to say, hey, here's what you need to plan for. And here's how you do it, and here's where the money goes. I kind of forgot to ask on the first one. Did the first one do, I mean, pretty good as far as books go? I mean, I didn't hit it out of the park, but I would say the first book is probably the most popular one. Is it? Is it I probably because it's more of an entry level. Yeah, yeah. That's good. I'd say the first book is probably the more popular one. And I, I wouldn't, I'm not saying it hit it out of the park, but, I mean, was it was it more than maybe you thought it was going to be when you first did it? Um, or was it kind of underwhelming for you? I would say on average, so it's different when it launches. Like when it launches, you'll probably have maybe 100, 150 sold. Right, yeah. When, when you, you launch, know, just like when we launched the podcast, it takes a while for yeah. it to get traction. Um, but I would say month over month, I probably average three to four of those green ones going out on Amazon. That's not bad. No, I That's mean, it's nothing good. crazy. I would say I give a lot more out. I give a lot Which more Which is out. good. It's good. Like I talked about, it's a marketing yep. thing. Your name's on it. Yep. Come to me. Correct. Yeah, that's Yeah, good. I give out way more than our bot. I'll say it that way. Which was probably somewhat of what you were kind of going for when you first wrote it in the first place, maybe? 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's a little bit of a marketing. Yep. Yeah. Correct. That's yeah. all. I like that. I, yep. I like that idea. I yep. couldn't go write a book on insurance. I can tell you that right now. Yeah. The, I couldn't <clears> write a book on anything. <laughs> like, I just don't have, again, the patience. Yeah. yeah. I'll sit and talk about yeah. it. anything I want to talk about. I'll talk about it. But uh, <laughs> writing it. So I could do an audio book without an actual book. Yeah. Let's share yeah. that. Yeah. So that second book. <clears throat> More of the middle. So it's kind of where we're at, I guess, in life. Yeah, right. exactly. In your, you know, 30s exactly. to 40s. Yep. We have this money. Mm-hmm. Where do we put it? Yeah, correct. Is that kind of what it? Yep. Yep. Helps you helps you envision what your future is going to look like. And okay, we got that vision down. Now, what do I need to do to get from where I am today to where I want to be in 20 or 30 years? Right. Right, you have to have a plan to get where you want to go. This gives you the plan to get where you want to go. So, first book, go make the money, save the money. Second book, where are we going to put it? What's our plan? Yep. Third book, I like the name Red Zone Retirement Plan. Yep. How'd you come up with that? I don't know. It just let I would say it's a common oh. deal in the industry. They talk about the retirement red zone, right? You know, it's the get closer to retirement five to eight years out. Well, we do live in Nebraska, day. though. Yeah, and that's true. So, I mean, that's nice what I thought play. the play was, was the red, red zone, I actually, a playbook yeah, to executing your ideal retirement. I thought it was a Nebraska thing. Yeah. And so it, it just kind of came to me one day that, you know what, that's a great name for a book. And nobody had taken it yet. And I was like, all right, it's done. That's what I, we're I'm do. really surprised nobody's that's taken what I that thought. name. That's what I had thought, too. That's crazy. Yeah. I had a hard time coming up with names for the pod, both both podcasts. Yeah. And then when I finally came up with them, I'm like, oh, that's, that, geez, why did it take me so long to do that? Yeah. No, but uh, so explain that last one, red zone retirement plan. Yeah. So the red zone retirement plan, it's really for people, I would say anywhere from two to eight years out from retirement, which is an extremely pivotal time. So really that we're talking that late in the, yeah. In the game. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it, you know, I talk about things in there from like when you claim social security, how Medicare works for you, how you should be investing your money as retirement comes close and you get ready to spend that money. Cause it's one thing to save money, right? That's one side of the coin, but it's a whole nother side of the coin to spend it down in retirement, two different worlds, right? Huge. Yeah. And it really gives people the tools and the knowledge to not only again, think about, cause a lot of people don't think about what they want the retirement to look like. They just say, I want to retire to what? Yeah. Why? What are you going to do? You know, a lot of them just, they're so single focused on this retirement date that they wake up in retirement and they're like, now what? Right. So right. I see, I see that with a lot of people that they want to retire from the job they're at, but then that lasts six months and I got to go do something. Yeah. Like, and I'm that way. I don't know. Like, I, I don't know that I could ever really retire because. I would feel like, ugh, like, what yeah. am I doing? Yeah, I just feel better when I'm doing anything, even if it's not really that self-involved or that yep. involved in anything. You just got to, then, like, I see what you're saying. Like, you got to have an idea of what you want to do when yeah. you're at that level. I would say all three of us sitting here couldn't just go sit and retire and do nothing. No, I. That's why I like the job that I'm in because I could I could probably do this yeah. as long as I wanted to. You yeah. could do the same. Yeah. Um, you you can do. I mean. You probably well, couldn't do that my, job. Not my job, but but everything else I know, I could go back into that. Right. So it's just one of those things like I, I don't think I could ever just be one of those that just sits around and no. watches the prices right every day. You know, uh, <clears throat> I always say I want to create a life that you don't need a vacation from. Right. right. You know how some people are like, oh, I got to get away. I need a like, Wouldn't it be easier to build a life that you don't need a vacation right. from, right? 
Well, also when I think about the career side of things, I want to build a career that I never need to retire from. Right. Unless if I want to, that's one thing, right? And I just think far too many people when they're thinking about their future retirement, that they don't they don't think about what they're going to be doing. So part of it's vision, right? Part of the book is on vision. And then part of it's on strategy too. How, how do you execute that plan? How do you work with some of your blue collar uh, workers that want to retire, right? So like we're talking about, I would say your, your concept is a little more blue collar, Vance. You're in more of a blue collar yeah, job. I would, I would say 90% of my life is blue collar. Yeah. So obviously you can't do that forever. Yeah. Right. Yeah. How do you help those type of people plan their retirement? Yeah, what's really tough for those people is a lot of times it's physical limitations that force them to retire. Yep. That's the way it works. It's going to happen. Right. The, the father time's undefeated. Yeah. I mean, it's it's like farmers, right? Yep. Yeah, they'll do that till the day they die. But at some point, they some can't point. do it anymore. Yeah. They're, you can't see, start. I mean, yep. the machinery is getting bigger and bigger. It's, and it's harder to control it. I mean, it devastating. happens. Yeah. It's devastating. I've, I've had, um, I, I have the opportunity to work with a lot of farmers mm-hmm. in my job. And seeing some of them go through some, um, there was a few of them that went through COVID and didn't come out well Yeah. on the other side. And some of them didn't get to do harvest this year. They had to watch their son yeah. and their wife. I watched it. Uh, I watched it for my grandpa, which my grandpa, my grandpa was the uh, president of the Nebraska Farm Bureau for 25 some years. But uh-huh. he, he was also a farmer. He was a farmer his whole life. So he was involved in, I was never a real cropper. Uh, I grew up on the livestock side of it. I've never done the row cropping <clears throat> helped obviously, but so we have row crops on our farm, our family, my parents place. And so, but grandma and grandpa or grandma, grandpa and my uncle are the ones that farmed it obviously all the time. Well, grandpa would come all the time, come, he would help harvest. He'd help planting. Eventually he got so old. He couldn't, he just couldn't run the combine. And then he couldn't run the grain cart. Yeah. And, once he retired from Farm Bureau and you just watch that, you watch that aging process happen faster than I've ever seen something happen. Like it it was my, because at that time I was maybe in my my upper teens, lower 20s, somewhere yep. in there. Um, so that was kind of a, a growing point in my life to watch, watch an aging process that I've never really noticed. And I mean, he made it until you know, three or four years ago, but the last five to 10 years weren't the way I remember him uh-huh. growing up. And so that was something that's crazy to me. And I, and then that's going back to that blue collar thing. Um, a lot of us in the blue collar field just don't know what to do. Yeah. That's not labor. Yeah. And you feel like you're, you're giving up. And I think that's a mental thing that it, it, I think that's a real thing. I, I really do think that that's it, a real It's a thing. tough thing to watch. Yeah, it, it was it really is. It was tough. Um, so uh, going back to that, how do you, how do you help somebody like that? Yeah. Um, maybe plan for that and what they could do yeah. to, to fulfill their life better at the, at the yeah. end. So I talk about in the book purpose, right? So just, I was just going to say purpose. A lot of people, and it's not a bad thing, right? If your purpose is tied up in your work, but if if you're forced to go away from that, because of health issues or you just can't do it anymore yeah. or that industry moves on and leaves you behind because of advances in technology, for example, right? People have to have a purpose outside of their job, right? Whether that's your hobbies, right? Whether that's 
a charity, whether that's volunteering, whether that's your church, whether that's golfing or, you know, you just have to have something else that you do outside of work that brings value and passion to your life. Because if you don't and that job gets shut off, then what? Yeah. Which And going back to your technology side of it, that's that's rapid, rapidly approaching yeah. that people, I don't think a lot of people are paying attention to. Yeah. Um, on your, in your side of it, are you, are you seeing a more uptick of your customers saying, Hey, what's going to happen when my job is here? We need to start planning ahead for maybe me moving into another field or, you know, give myself yeah. a little bit of a window. Do you deal with that much yet? Just, or is it still not really there right now? That's funny. You say that just today. Um, gal works for a large corporate real estate company and she more or less said, I, I'm 63. I'd love to work till I'm 67 or 68. She's like, but I know in the next two years that I'm not going to have a job anymore because what I do is very, it's data entry. It'll be replaced. And so we're going to have to have a conversation of, Hey, what do we do? And I talk about it in the book. And I think it's a thing that's overlooked is looking at part-time work. You know, you have 30 plus years of experience. Like you can figure pretty much anything yeah, out. Yeah, you should be able to do something to add value in some way, somewhere. Yep. So what if we do part-time work for four years instead of full-time work for two years? How's that sound? You there know are what also I mean? some small businesses that need data entry. Like, yeah. I, I looked at that the other day. I saw um, an article the other day that's talking about how you can work. You could, you could break down your five-day work week to two working for two small businesses doing yep. the same thing you were doing and making more money that way. Yeah, it's it's it was kind of crazy how the con how they talked about the concept of that. Like if yeah. you're really good at something, yeah, you can go support or help a small business, yeah. and they're probably going to be willing to pay you. Oh yeah, w whatever they need, so that they don't have to do it. You know what's funny is there was an article too. I think it I can't remember where it was at, but a guy worked three full time jobs remotely at the same time for a whole year. Yeah, they uh, didn't know. They had I no wouldn't idea. doubt it. Isn't that and wild? That, that's though? that's straight out of COVID. Yeah. Uh, and that's why I had a lot of people argue with the with me on the, the you know, the offices are never going to come back. Nobody's ever going to come back to the office. Yes, they are. They're, they yeah. have to because yeah. they realized I, I had friends that would get up, not get dressed, clock in, go shower, go cook their breakfast, not do anything for three hours, yep. then go do something, and yep. then, you know, get done two hours before they said they're done. It's yeah. like, you know that was happening. Like, yeah. it, And businesses aren't, they're just not going to allow that. They're going to allow it for a while, and eventually they're going to say, all right, you guys, we gave you a little bit of leash. You took it too far. Now we're coming back, yeah. and now we're going to do it for a while. And it, I mean, everything's in cycles. But it also shows how productive people can be yeah. if they just set to it and do it. Yeah, that's the other thing because they they would do all their work in three or four hours. Exactly. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying about these people that can do some of these part time things, Correct. work two or three jobs, only work three days a week. Yeah, but they can get all that crap done and get paid three times the salary. Yeah, yep. Because these small businesses are going to want to pay it. Yep. And have it done because they, they don't want to do it. It adds value to that business so much. Value. Whatever whatever they need, as long as you're doing what they need. They're happy with it now. Don't don't take advantage of it. That's and that's where that's people the other key get piece. Correct. Like if if somebody feels like they're getting cheated, yeah, they're going to have animosity about it. Like if you're cheating me, whether it be 
wasting time doing whatever you're wasting my money that I'm paying you. You're wasting my time because you're taking three hours to do a job. I know you can do in 30 minutes. Then I'm going to feel animosity to you. Where if maybe we all come to as a society, like where you're getting at, maybe we decide, Hey, this is a four hour job. As long as you get it done in four hours, you're going to get paid your day's work. Cause I, it's what's, that's, what's worth me to me today if you get two days work probably give you two days work yep but go do what you need to do with your schedule and everything as long as my work gets done and we're all on the same page we're all happy with it nobody's cheating anybody we're finding a common a common wage maybe that's what we need to get closer to kind of yeah going back to the blue carl blue collar can you give us an example of how you've helped somebody in that way like plan like hey you're going to need a purpose and how you help them kind of get to that purpose, like help them find that. Or is that not something you maybe um, get into a whole lot? Yeah. I, w- I would say maybe the best example is helping clients find a second career. Okay. Right? And so, I mean that there's a couple situations that I can think of where client was doing one blue collar job is what they always did. And then retirement, we knew retirement was coming physically not able to do it. But this guy, usually males, is going to go crazy if he doesn't do anything. Exactly. Probably, okay, probably well, die within a couple of years yeah, after yeah, retirement. Yeah. It's usually how it goes. Yeah. And so, you know, brainstorming on what can you do. Delivery driver. You can deliver. You can drive a vehicle from A to B and have people pick things up out of it and take it out. That's not rocket science. That's happened a couple times. Yeah. That's a good example. Yeah. Because um, yeah, people need... Those types of services are out there, right? Right. Whether driving a cement truck, you know, those type of jobs are out there that need to be done, and it's not a lot of manual labor most times. Right. I was trying. I was trying to think of another example, and I can't think of one. Um, if I if I think of it, I'll come back to it. I just that was one big, and I know that the listeners are going to like talking about the blue collar jobs because. So, at what age was that person getting to that to start to start talking to that? Sixty seven is when he did that transition. Yeah. So that's, I mean, what's the average age now in retirement? Uh, late 60s. Yeah. So he was, late, okay. Late 60s is a lot of people. Because a lot of people can't do the old the old adage anymore, right? No, I mean, you know, if you if you planned right, if you did stuff right. Starting at book one. Yeah. But that's. You know, in your 30s, right? If you do stuff right when you're young, it's a heck of a lot easier to retire at an earlier age. You know, I would say in general, the masses are not able to do that. I would completely agree with you. Do you, so how do you help somebody, let's say that comes in, let's say somebody comes in at 55. Yep. And they're like, hey, I want to retire at 65. Yep. They have nothing planned yet. Yeah, it's a, it's a tough road. It's not going to be can, easy. Can you walk a little, without getting too crazy, can you yep. walk through that a little bit? Yep. So yeah, say somebody comes in 55, nothing done yet. Well, if you want to retire in 10 or 15 years, you better get to work. And a lot of times it's framing to them what it's going to look like in the future, right? And so let's set realistic expectations about what that's going to look like in 15 or 20 years, right? How do they take that? Um, sometimes it's a wake-up call and they never come back. Um, but other times they they really hammer down and they say, yes, okay, this is what we need to do. The kids are gone. We have no more expenses from the kids' standpoint. Now it's time to focus on what we want. Okay. So going back to the younger, so let's go back to book one, mm-hmm. 20 to 
30. Yeah. Right? That's yeah. really what book one yep. is for. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So. I do have a. <clears throat> go ahead. Yeah. The way I understand it on your book one, though, that's not specifically. You can start that level at any point, right? Oh, right. That's yeah. where you're at on book one. Yeah. I mean, like, I mean, it's going to. It's going to. You may be. You're behind the eight ball, but you can't. Um, what I'm trying to say is don't dis. I don't want to discourage people oh, no, no, from no, yeah. looking at that yeah. just because you're in, like, if I'm, you know, I'm almost 40, whatever I come in at, say I come in at 45, 46 and I'm maybe, and I, I have no understanding. Maybe I need to start with that yeah. first one because even at 45, yeah. you can do that part-time job on top of your full yeah. drive, full-time job. Oh, heck so yeah. that's kind of where I was getting at. Sorry, I just, I, was, I didn't yeah. want to. You're good. I know what you were saying, but mm -hmm. I just don't want to discourage people to think, "Hey, well, we I can see, I can see how the how the audience time. might get confused there." Yeah. I was just trying to put, yeah, in in a perspective of where we were going at with that, because yep. yeah. I was going to talk about the, the young people versus the fifty five year old. So let's say you got a, a twenty three year old that comes in. Yep. Hey, I really want to look towards my future. I want to retire at sixty five. Yep. And they're not getting the concept. So they're gonna maybe be that fifty-five year old that, yeah, isn't ready. Yep. How do you get that concept into their head? How do you change their mind? Because yeah. we know how sometimes we were young once. Yep. We like, oh, I, I'll do it in ten years. I'll do it in five years. I'll I'm that guy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, so like, honestly, yeah. it, it is what it is. So like, how do you ingrain that? And yeah. does it work for you? Do Do you yep. get through to people? Yeah. So I'll start real quick. And when I also get those older people that. They come in and they're like, oh, I wish I would have started sooner. Hey, call your kids and tell them that. Right. Like, be an example. Tell your kids, like, hey, we're trying to get ready for retirement. We're 55 or 60. I wish I would have started with 100 bucks a month, 500, whatever, 500 bucks a month, whatever it is. I wish I would have started when you were, when I was your age. Don't tell me. Like, call your kids and tell them. Like, yep. be a parent. Yep. Right? But... With the younger generation, one thing that we do is we show them a financial calculator, just to say, "Hey, you're 18. Look, if you put 100, the young guy in our office, I'm having him do this with his friends, put 100 bucks a month, 200 bucks a month, 250 bucks a month, whatever it is, into a Roth IRA for 30 years, compound that at 8 percent, and look at that number. Yep. If that doesn't get you motivated, I don't know what will. Well, you know what I mean, right? Um, the other thing we were just doing 401k reviews for a company a couple weeks ago, and it's really cool. We get, it's like a printout of their statement. Hey, here's what you'll have at 65. But if you increase your contributions from 5% to 7% to 9% to 11, look what you'll have. Yep. And with those people that are 25 to 35, their eyes get real big. Oh, how do I do that? Well, don't do it all at once, right? We're not going to solve the world's problems in one day, yeah. but what you can do is every year you get a raise, take 1% of your raise. Yep. Put it towards your 401k. And then let's do that every year for 10, 15 years and you will be you'll blow that other number out of the water doing it that way. Right. The concept <clears throat> I've been in the uh taking money all the getting paid or whatever, but that's the first time I've ever heard anybody say take 1% of your raise. I've never heard it. I've never heard that before. Ever yeah. I've never one time heard it's, that. It's the best Nobody way to look at it. Is it is percentages way. because yeah. that's crazy. If we start talking dollar amounts, you know, people go wild. Oh, that's my money. I've always yeah. I've always done dollar or percentages because I'm going to get the max that I'm going to get. Yeah. I, I've never understood the people that don't get the full match. 
Like yeah. I, I just to that that one never that makes blow, sense that to blows me. me like too. Yeah. they're giving you this money if you do this much. Like yeah. that, that's that's free money. That's a that's a that's a benefit to you. That's a higher wage to you. So just take it. Take yeah. their money. I mean, allow them to take their money. But I've never heard anybody say every year that you get a raise, take X percent of that raise and throw it extra into there. I've never heard that yeah. before. It's super easy concept, right? <clears throat> yeah, it's, it's yeah. it makes 100% yeah. you used to live in that way. Going yeah. back to um, talking about telling your kids. Yeah. I run into the same problem with life insurance. Oh yeah. I've got people come in at 45, 50 years old. Yep. They maybe have a small term policy yep. that only lasted maybe 15, 20 yep. years and I'm like, "Hey, we can convert this now." Or you're going to, you know, what if you want life insurance going forward, we're going to have to do something different. Yeah. And their eyes get real wide when the price comes around. Yep. And I'm like, if you just would have yeah. listened to me or whoever 15, 20 years ago yep. and done whole life then, different this would have been a huge, hugely different conversation. And I'm still having a hard time getting that through some of the young people's yeah. heads. Yeah. No, it, it is a tough conversation. A lot of times with clients... It's one thing to talk about the life insurance, but what I focus on, like people like us, people that are young, maybe we have families, maybe we don't have families. What does that mean? What does the million dollars of life insurance mean? Right. What What is that? A million dollars sounds like a lot of money. Yep. Right? But for like Katie, we just did our annual review. We got three kids in the house. Yeah. Fourth one coming. A million dollars is nothing over the course of 30 years. Congratulations, by the way. Yeah, thank you. And so I like to have those conversations of what does that what does it mean, right? What does that a million dollars do for your well, family? A million, a million dollars nowadays ain't gonna get you very far. No, you know I always <clears throat> go back to that. Say you're taking out four percent or five percent, it's gonna last for thirty years. Say say four percent to be conservative. That's forty grand a year. Like raising a family of four yep. boys on forty. Good luck. Like God bless you. You know I what try, I mean? Yeah, and I try to bring up with young families. Like, and, and this is going to sound misogynistic to me a little bit, but like, usually it's the man doing the blue collar job, yep. usually, usually has making the money, yep. usually has the benefits, usually yep. is doing the, doing the retirement plan, they're putting out all that they can into there, yep. which the benefits is a huge part, huge beyond the million. So, and I just actually had this conversation with a guy at work. He was talking about, um, I was asking about his guy not showing up whatever his trainee and well his trainee had an a uh a roommate that made x amount of dollars at a fast food place that was comparable to our starting wage but then it's like and he asked him he goes well is he getting life insurance or is he getting health insurance is he getting because we don't as a single man i don't pay health insurance where i work they pay that they pay that benefit for me so that's 300 400 dollars a month whatever it may be uh, we get a little bit of a bonus. Don't count on it, but it's a bonus. If it's there, take it, use it, blah, blah, blah. Uh, you get 401k match. You get that. And it's just these people, they just look at that one little dollar amount per hour. Mm -hmm. Like that benefit that you're not getting paid is actually worth quite a bit of money. Yeah. And people just don't pay attention to that. So, in, a, in off family side, let's say you got, let's say you're Adam, but you're working your job. Yep. You got three kids, one on the way. Katie's at home. Adam dies at work. That insurance is gone. All of the benefits are gone. Everything's gone. You don't have a decent life insurance policy. Katie's going to be scrambling. Yeah, it's tough. Probably having to remarry sooner than she wants to, yeah. if she ever wants to. Yeah. 
and I have those kind of conversations. Upgrade? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's one of those conversations you get, and people don't like to have that conversation. No, you got to talk about They're it. Like, though. wait, my wife's going to remarry. I'm like, They're going to have to. Yeah. They have to. Yeah. They're going to have to. Not because she wants to. She needs to. Yeah. Yeah. So ha- having to, sc- I hate having to scare people. Yeah. I mean, but you almost have to in our, in our, yeah, we have lines, to, lines of work. It, we have to, reality, right? We have well, to reality check. We'll just call it that. Yeah. Yeah. You get, you got some amazing books. And I can tell you're passionate yeah, about you. all of thank them. Thank you. Um, you explained them very well. Uh, I think people could benefit very much from um, going and getting a, a copy. I mean, I'm I'm just sitting here. I learned a, I learned a bunch of stuff just sitting here. Like you talked about that one percent. Like just this little podcast right here is just. I mean, it's a lot of information. I've learned I'm something on every podcast. Yeah, yeah, that you I've, should. That you I've should. done. Yeah. Um, even anybody. though I, even though I know you, I knew you ahead of time. Yeah, but I've learned so much just about you. Yeah, just sitting here about about uh, what you do. Where is the best place for people to go get your books? I'd probably say on Amazon. On Amazon or my website is a good place to check them out. What's so your we'll, website? AdamDOlson.com. And make sure you get that D in there. So AdamDOlson.com. Don't just type Adam Olson. It won't work. I tried that the first time. You'll go somewhere else. <laughs> yeah. At Adam, www.adamdolson.com. Um, we're going to switch uh, trajectories here just a little bit. We're going to get a little political. With an election year coming up, how do you feel about where the state of the country is right now? Do you feel that you are being well represented at the federal and state levels? I don't know, man. As a business owner, I think uh, a lot of the taxes we pay are pretty wild, to be honest with you. I would by agree. The time, by the time you factor everything up. Especially especially as business owners who, well, I guess we'll just go business owners. We're, entre- we're uh, kind of entrepreneurs. We're, we're not yeah. uh, working for a corporation. We're not, you know, we, we're we have a, to pay. Not we're a paying company, staff. Or, you know? yeah. yeah. And, you know, and it's not only federal tax, not only state tax, I mean, sales tax. Like to license and register a vehicle, what that cost is. I mean, it's by the time you think about everything that you have to pay for property tax, it's kind of wild what you have to pay there. And uh, I, I just think it's really sad when the state that we're in and we're worried about other people, you know, right. that'd be like, so I would say it'd be like me and Katie going through a divorce right now. And then I'm trying to give somebody else marital Right. Right. You know, right. I mean, that's what right. it'd be like. Like 100%. when we're giving, when we're sending all this money overseas, right. you know, we're saying, Hey, we need to support the people of XYZ country. I don't care right. where it is. I mean, we have, we have one guy here shaking the can right now in our white house trying to get money yeah. today. I mean, he was here today. So I 100% on that side, like let's yeah. fix, let's fix the home front before yep. we worry about anybody else. Yeah. No, that, and I, there's a lot of needs here yeah. domestically. Tons of have. them you know, that we can take care of long before we should look at helping outside people. And, you know, you're always going to hear the article or the argument about, you know, safety, right? We have to have these, and I get that, but come on. I mean, like... To an extent. They don't know where half the money's going that they send overseas, right? Well, we sent extra money. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Here you go. In the billions. I mean, technically, it's coming back. It's just, just we're not going to get into that. It's just going to certain people. But no, and I I just feel like... uh, we could do a lot better. I would agree. Do you know on the financial side of it? Like I'm, I've heard all kinds of different uh, figures and stuff, but 
I mean, there's ones that float out there all the time. How many times is $1 taxed? Isn't it like seven times the amount or 70 times the amount is actually how much money's yeah, generated in tax off of $1? Yeah. Like a it's lot. just some stupid amount. Like, yeah, a lot. How it, does it's that, a lot. How, on a, as on a, on a financial, asking you from the financial side of it, how does that even, how's that compute? How's that possible to just, we're just making money up, in my opinion. Isn't that what that sounds like? Yeah, I mean, well, they print money. Well, yeah, that's more part of what printing yeah, money yeah. is. But uh, I mean, a probably big part of the problem is the government's so big. There's so much waste. Yeah, and we give so much away. Are you uh, big on on the social safety net or not? Are you more into? And I assume from your books that you're less on the social safety net and more on make your own safety net. Yeah, you know, I I don't have a problem with helping people. Yep. You know, certain people need it. Yeah, Katie and I are very charitably inclined. We like to support things that we like to support. But uh, in in our, we do health insurance, right? And so to see the games that some people play with, like, the Medicaid system. Mm. It, I don't even want to get into yeah, that. Yeah, that kind of makes my stomach hurt sometimes, to be yeah. real honest with you. You know, whether we're not, hey, we're having five kids together, but we're not married, but we're living together, and then, you know, the state's taking care of all my kids. Like, I get it. I get it. People go through yeah. tough times, and I'm not against helping people. But when you're working the system like that, I... I Zach karma, and I just know? had this conversation the other night. I think it's a karma deal. You know, it comes around and catches those people. Do you do much on, on healthcare.gov? Um, yeah, we do a lot in our office. I've luckily gotten away quite a bit of that this year. But it's... To see the games that some people play, it's just like, what are you doing, man? When, when How do you think going, we're in the problem we're in the first place? Well, exactly. When you're, you're the going, problem. When you're going through that, have you had to kind of manipulate some numbers to get people out of Medicaid? Yeah, you can bump up the numbers, yeah. To get Isn't them. that crazy that we even have to do that, though? Yeah. yeah. Like, this person doesn't even want it. Yeah. But they're just going to automatically send them... To Medicaid. To Medicaid. Yeah. I'm like, no, we got to... They're like, oh, I don't want to go. I'm like, we'll just... We, we, we'll, Manipulate it. the numbers a little bit. So you mean the, your client is asking to get me out of Medicaid? Yeah. Not I'm, you, I'm, I'm physically telling them we should like you're not you're not there. a candidate for Medicaid. Wouldn't well, it? and you're estimating because we know too. I mean, you're yeah. estimating future income. Yeah. You don't know. Like these are like the people I'm saying that I'm working with aren't. They shouldn't be on it. No. Yeah. Nor do they want to be. But some people That's take advantage saying. of it too. They do. On the flip side of the coin, some they people do. take advantage. Well, of that goes it back too. to the value system, and I just will we'll just yeah. I'll, I'll wash my hands of that situation. Here's an eight hundred number. I'll say here's an eight hundred number. Here's your website. You, you can go do. Yep. I'm not going to be a part of it. Yep. No, I mean I'm not against helping people, but yeah, we got to. There has to be a line somewhere. Personal responsibility, I think, is a huge thing. I, I think oh, yeah. more people need to take that into account, and we would be better off as a whole if yep. people would do that. Yep. And then we can take care of the people that, uh, you know, people have really, really bad accidents and they're like the last people to ask for the help. Yep. That's the problem that I have an issue with is, uh, say I just somebody, interviewed one two yeah, hours ago. He doesn't want to have that. Like, I don't know. I didn't he have doesn't that want interview, the help, but, but yeah. there's certain people that, I mean, they're, they'll lose their entire house. They'll lose everything. They will not ask a single person for help. Yeah. And then people... I mean, they'll help them and then they'll feel bad, you know, whatever, uh, about taking the help. And then there's other people that will, oh, my house burned out, which sucks. But then they'll game the system. Well, I had this in there. I had this in there. Yep. I had this in there. I had this in there. I had this in there. You got proof? Oh, yeah. You know, and it happens. It's yep. just like, 
man, if we could just find a happy medium between the two. And it yeah. goes back to finding a job part-time, a couple yeah. part-times. Yeah. You, you can support yourself. We have a society where it, you can make all the money you want. Yeah. And the system is broke too, though. You know, like I, I know a couple of situations come top of my mind that clients have super expensive drugs, like thousands of oh, dollars agreed. a month. Yeah. And if you make more than whatever a thousand bucks or two thousand bucks, whatever it is, you you can't qualify for help. Yep. And so those people are literally forced to only make a thousand bucks a month or whatever it is. Yeah. So they can get these medicines for free because if they make right five hundred more dollars, that bill goes from zero for that drug to eight thousand. And they can't get the drug and they'll right, die. Right. Like there's <laughs> there's you know there's things that need fixed in the system. Right. We, we yeah. talk a lot about um, pharmaceuticals. With Jose in our second episode. Oh, yeah. Um, holistic medicine. And, yep. Um, we're not big proponents of yeah. medication and, yep. and, and things. There's, there's ways around it. Yep. You just got to be a little healthy. Yeah. Follow your lifestyle. Yeah. Yeah. Eat clean. Yeah. Um, do you feel that the systems that are in place still work in today's time. So I'm talking by systems. I'm talking about the right, the left, independent. Like, do you feel yep. that having two party, the two party system is working still, or do you think there needs to be a deviation from that? Or how, how do you feel on that? Yeah. Both got, both sides are corrupt. I mean, that's, yeah. that's pretty clear that there's corruption no matter what side you're talking. Right. Yep. And so I think it's gonna, there has to be a, a wave of people willing to step up that, have what it takes and have integrity. And I think a lot of that comes from being a self-made man or, you know, that they're that, Hey, I'm not a career politician. This isn't my career as a politician, right? right? I've done X, Y, Z outside of politics, but now I want to go help the country or go help my community. Right. And, you know, I have zero desire to do that, to be honest with you, but you know, maybe it seems like some of the best people don't have a desire to do that, which sucks. Yeah, that is, but you know, maybe in 15, 20 years, I'll have that desire to give back and or whatever that looks like at that time. I don't right. know. But I think it's gonna take a lot of good people who don't have any self-interest right. to step up and say, hey, we're we're doing this for the greater good. So coming I th- up, I'll go ahead. I was I was gonna say I think it comes back to and going back to that, like a lot of people there's a lot of sacrifice. You're sacrificing everything. I mm-hmm. mean, and that's why a lot of these people that are self-made, they have too much to lose. So they yeah. don't want to do it. Uh, and that goes back to our founding fathers. Yeah. They gave up their life, liberty, and happiness. Like they risked everything they had. They knew once they signed that document, they were done. If we don't win, yeah, they're murdered, their wives, their families are taking, their land is taken. They are done. Whatever yep. they everything they own, they've built, they've done is gone. And I think a lot of people they like to poo-poo the founding fathers, but I mean, they literally risked everything for us to be able to do this. And we've kind of gotten away from that and, and kind of going back to where you're saying, where you're saying that self-made man or woman, whatever it is, uh, they just got to find that. And I, I'm not that. And we just need more people willing to risk everything yeah. and, and not be bought. And not and it, we have a system that loves to beat you down. They want They want you to cower. They want to buy you off. Everybody wants to buy you off as a system. So keep you dependent. Exactly. Yeah. 100%. I, I, yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. And what that looks like, I don't know what it looks like. Well, but I mean, something's got to change. We right? talk about it on the other podcast, but it's, it's a, it's a 
tall task to even discuss. Yeah. Yeah. Talk a lot of circles. We do. I mean, um, we try to get better at it, but with the election year coming up and uh, and the debates happening, have you seen a lot of the infighting on both sides, especially on the on the Republican side? Yeah, it's sad, isn't it? It's super sad. Like I just wouldn't you rather hear the issues? Yeah. Like, and, like, uh, know what each candidate's about, not, like, oh, this person said this and, and you know. Yeah, I mean, I, it's bigger than you. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so, like, when they're, when it's just a, more or less a pissing contest back yep. and forth, like, guys, we have a little bit bigger problems than this going on, yep. right? So can't we maybe get behind somebody that's going to do the right thing? And stop with this childish stuff that we're screaming at each other about for two hours every other month or whatever it is. Yeah, it's you know what I mean? Ridiculous is what it is to me. Yeah, it's it's sad to see. Yeah, I won't even I won't even watch the debates anymore for that reason. No, I mean I, I I'll look at the highlights and stuff. Oh, the highlights, yeah. That's pretty much all I watch. But it's, it's usually like, just this person fighting this person and, yeah. not, and not about any issues that actually involve the country. No. No. Yeah, kind of makes me mad. Yeah, there's just <laughs> so much self, self-interest up there, too, which is sad. That, too. Like, let's look out for the country. Let's not look out for me, you yeah. being president. Yeah. I think the mm-hmm. system of the debate, <clears throat> the debate system, I think debates are a really good thing. Uh, not If in they're their, done correctly. Yeah, not in their current form. They're not a really good thing. But I think the concept of debates are really good because we've talked about this yeah, on the, multiple the, ori- podcasts. the original concept yeah, the concept is amazing, amazing. Yeah. if you're it's, debating yeah. about the issues yeah. but uh <clears throat> yeah 100% and i think where we're at now not only do we have this infighting that is it gets into personal it gets into screwing up uh, you know we're not it, it, we're not uh we're not talking about the issues that we really need to deal with it's also destroying future leaders in my opinion, it, you're tainting somebody's ability. Yeah, maybe it's not their time right now. Maybe maybe they're getting their feet wet. Maybe they just aren't quite there. They're yep. not quite polished. They're not quite. They're qu- not quite have a big enough backbone to deal with the the tax from the. I'm gonna say the matrix. You know, yeah. the matrix attacks, but because <laughs> the system attacks, but whatever. Um, and then we just end up losing who could be great in the future. Maybe we're sacrificing that for petty squabbles. Yeah. And I think that is a system that I see that as a bigger issue on the infighting side to me is, is we're ruining candidates for the future right. to me more yep. than, more than just the what's going on right now. It's just, we're talking about the future that kind of drives me crazy. That's kind of DeSantis to a T. Yeah. yeah. I, I liked DeSantis. I loved him as a governor. I personally didn't think it was his time. He's I, too quick. Yeah. I I thought I thought he got used, in my opinion, by the donors and people in his circle. Told him it was his time. I didn't personally think it was his time. Um, yeah, look, he should have waited four years. And yeah. and I'm not gonna completely stick up for Trump. Trump, but we all know what Trump is. Trump's gonna sling mud. That's yep. it. it's what he does. He's gonna make fun of you. He's gonna do whatever. Um, but we know we've seen what he did. I mean, he's got a little bit of a backbone, and I think DeSantis was set up. And I I think it was a deliberate. In my opinion, I think the Uniparty set up DeSantis for this. I, I, that's what it feels like to me is they said, Hey, let's take two of them out at one time. Yeah. 
and I don't know. I did. I just I don't like that losing a future candidate type or a future in, in on either side. A future great leader. Yep. They, they can always grow. Let's just keep it. This is where you're at right now. Let's talk this way on a a mutual debate. And like we've talked about, I love the long form interviews more than even the debates. Uh, Ramaswamy goes on a lot of debates. I love listening or uh, long form podcasts. I love listening to him. DeSantis has been on long form podcasts. I like listening to him. Um, we've talked about RFK Jr. Uh, I love certain parts of him. I hate different parts of him, but I love him going on a long long form yeah. podcast. It seems seems way more decorum and that. They're on with the right people. They're still going to challenge them. Yep. You're going to hear those answers. But the publicists are telling them not to do that. Yeah, I know. Which it is what it is. Yeah. Moving aside from that, so we're kind of we're going to start kind of wrapping up here. Yeah. Where do you see yourself going in the future? Obviously, you love what you do. Yep. I don't probably see you doing something else. I hope not. Yeah. I hope not. <laughs> um, do you see yourself have? Like staying in Nebraska, do you see yourself ever uh, wanting to leave? Do you do you like other places? Yeah, so I I guess I tr- I try to evolve daily. Like I try to be a better person, a better man, a better fa- father, husband, whatever it is. I try to get better every day. And when I look back to who I was ten years ago, fifteen years ago, I get like a pit in my stomach. I'm like you idiot! Like what were you thinking? What were you doing? You know and. Yeah. I feel like that's a good thing. And so I my hope is that in, in 10 to 15 years, I look where I am now and I, I have the same feeling, you know, that, hey, Adam, you are capable of so much more. You're capable of helping more people. You're capable of being a bigger change in the world. You're capable of being a better father, a better husband, a better leader. You know, that that's what my hope is in 10 to 15 years. Where that takes me, I don't know. I love where we're at now. I love what I do now. I don't ever see myself getting out of finance, but what that looks like in 10 or 15 years, I just hope that I'm able to evolve in the man that can be that person in 10 to 15 years that looks back and says, you had a long way to go, buddy. Isn't it crazy to think about that? Like talking about 10 years ago and you're like, oh, I thought I had it all together. Yeah, no. I thought I was great. And you're like, oh man, I was kind of a tool, you know? Or even like you look back at like college and high school and it's like, dude, you... So many missed opportunities. Could have you know done what so I mean? much more. Yeah. Of, yeah. If I had the knowledge now, you know, yeah. that, that I have now, then yeah, that shows growth. Uh, and that kind of goes back on the. You see a lot of people talk about: Would you take uh, X? Would you take this now, or would you rather go back in time and tell yourself all the mistakes? Yeah. To avoid no, I I'm gonna take those mistakes. That's yeah. my personal opinion. I mean, that makes who you are. I think that's how you grow. Um, I don't want the cheat codes. No. In my opinion, I think that, that it helps. Yeah, would I like to change things? Absolutely. Yep. I, everybody's made I've made I've made countless mistakes in <laughs> Too my many life. To count. It's whatever. Uh but yeah, if you want to go into politics, you got my vote, I think. I, I would vote for you. Yeah, that's I mean, like I said, I have zero desire to do that. And Mad respect to people that do, though, because, yep. I mean, that is a very selfless thing to do. You know, you're an open book at that point, and, you know, good for you if you want to do that. But, yeah, I just, my hope is is that I'm doing something great in the future. Isn't it great to get told that, though? I get told that, too. I'm like, you should go into politics. Like, yeah. I, don't, I don't want to. I have no, I have no desire yeah, be, to do cool. that. Yeah, I might be the last guy you want to do that. <laughs> I was Sometimes like, I, I got too much shit in my closet to. <laughs> yeah, don't, <laughs> do, do not, not don't dig in that. that. Let's, <laughs> don't let's open that, that door. 
Don't open that, that door? door. Don't yeah. worry about yeah, that. Don't door. worry about that door. That door. We're, we're not, not gonna. Crack we're that gonna door. pretend that door's not there. Yeah. So we're, we're gonna do something a little different on this podcast. Um, if you if you've made it to the end of this, we're gonna we're gonna give a few bucks away. Yeah. I think. So if you go to agentlifemediagroup.com or dot com, Agent Life Media Group Facebook page, and just leave us a little comment on Adam's uh, post, Red Zone Retirement. Just put Red Zone Retirement in the comments. You'll be eligible to get a... Uh, what do you want to do? Five copies of each one? I have That's what I'm thinking. I got a ton of that? copies of each. At, yeah, five copies first, of each first, one we'll give uh, out. So the first fi- so 15 people? First or do you want five for each person? You guys figure it out. I don't care. We'll do the first 15 people. Yeah, yeah. Let's First do people it. to do that? First can... 15 people to comment Red Zone Retirement on Adam's episode post will get one copy of That's awesome. one of his books. Yep. Let's do it. Perfect. I got plenty of them. Adam, I appreciate you coming on. I hope you had a good this time. Is, this has been awesome, guys. Thanks for having me. I, I really appreciate it. We Very hope to have you again, maybe. You write another book. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Write another one. I'm, I'm hitting pause on it. that for now. Yeah. You, you do your new podcast and then come back on and see how you, see yeah, how, awesome. see how you love it. Yeah, looking forward to it. Perfect. Well, again, thank you for coming. We'll have you on again. No, thank you guys for having me. Thanks, listeners. We'll see you next time.